Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers that you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts, as always, Cross, joined, of course, by my um, co-host, Nitro, who's up here. Nitro, What's say up, hello everybody? to the lovely people. How's it going? Okay. Hello, everybody. Okay, we literally just started. Locke, how did you get timed out already? Like, wow. Skeet's literally timed out Locke. What the heck did you say? <laughs> oh, he posted a picture, that's why. Locke study. No, no, no pictures. Skeets doesn't like Skeets doesn't like pictures. Lock, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> of course, we are not alone today. We are we're bringing you so much content this weekend. We already had an interview and a special podcast a couple of days ago, and we're back again with another very special guest up in my other corner right here. Brandon Hollingsworth from Brainy Pixel Productions is joining us. Brandon, say hello to the lovely hey, people everybody. of the Comic Clan. Hello, Comic Clan. How are you? From, from foggy Alabama. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. joining today, Brandon. Yeah, really thank you so much for coming on the yeah, show. Absolutely. This is an absolute pleasure to oh, have guys, you on. I am, I am so stoked to be on today. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, Yeah, it should be a pretty awesome day. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. Brainy Pixels is, if any of you do follow them on social media, they are a very, very busy organization. They have so <laughs> many things going on right now. Like to the point of like I had to literally look through everything they're talking about and prioritize what is the best things to talk about in the show because we're not going to hit everything no because way. there's no way in the world we're going to do that. So we have some amazing stuff coming up and we're going to be having Brandon talk a little bit about Brainy Pixel, talking about some of the projects they've got going on and also showing off some of the artwork and stills from different things that I've got all set up to show and let all of you see what's taking place. So. We've had we've an exciting day today. We really do. Yeah. Some uh, of that stuff is world premiere, Cross, by the way. Some wow. of that stuff no one has ever seen before. Yeah, like Brandon has been so awesome to let us get a look at some of this stuff. And like, and I've seen it, obviously, already. Nitro's not even seen it yet. Like, I've seen it because I've got it loaded up for the podcast. And some of this stuff looks amazing. Like, some of this artwork and the ideas that are coming, I cannot wait to show and share with all of you. And um, we are going to delve into some news to begin, but right before we talk about the news, um, I'm going to talk about right above Brandon over on this side on the screen. You can see Gamer Grind Co., the sponsor for the Comics and the Cross podcast. As always, they've been with us for a long time. Uh, if you want to get yourself some absolutely amazing coffee, go and check out Gamer Grind Co., the number one coffee for gamers. Use that link in the chat to go and get yourself some amazing coffee and use Comics and the Cross at checkout to save 5%. Also, when you're there, why not pick up a Comics in the Cross coffee mug? Because, you know, why wouldn't you? Of course you're going to pick up the coffee mug. The coffee mug is awesome. You know you want to support us. Come on now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Um, also, as well, uh, for anyone who has missed our previous shows and missed like our interview we did on Friday with Ahmed Alamine or anything like that, everything we do from our interviews, from our podcasts, from my Monday Night Crossplay gameplay, everything is archived over on our YouTube, so you can click on that link and go and follow us there. Um, also, go ahead and follow us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook there. Uh, and of course we are so active on our discord right now so go ahead and check us out on that discord link um, one thing I want to get the comic clan thinking about today is uh, Brandon actually kind of came in the middle of the conversation as I was talking to Nitro we've got in April coming up a 12 hour anniversary stream that we're going to be doing we are going to be doing it as a fundraiser um, to raise awareness of uh, autism awareness um, I do have a meeting on um, Tuesday with an organization that we're looking to raise the funds for just to kind of talk to them find out the statistics and um, 
but one of the things that I've been asking the comic clan is what are some of the incentives that you would like us to do? Like if we hit like $50 raised, we're going to do this. If we hit $100 raised, we're going to do this, you know. What are some of the things you want to see us do? Because we want to give you guys incentives and some of the things... We want to make it super fun. Yeah, we want to make it fun. We're all going to be doing... We're going to be doing community games. We're going to be doing uh, our superhero square go where we pit um, heroes and villains against each other. Um, Oh... I have no idea why that didn't pop up there. I just realized in my stream. Thank you, Lady Salmakia, for that follow. Welcome to the Comic Clan. We appreciate it. Where is my alert going? That is meant to pop up with an alert. Sorry, yeah, I... I didn't see it either. Yeah, the alert's disappeared. How dare you, Twitch? I'm going to need to add the alert back in for that. I am so sorry for that, but thank you so much, Lady Salmakia. I appreciate you coming and dropping a follow for us. Um, let me do a quick shout out for her as well. Sorry, that just totally derailed what I was saying, but I just seen it. I'm like, hey, that name wasn't there before. Uh, hey, while you're derailed, I just want to give you guys a little plug. So for the listeners out there, um, what these guys are doing is amazing. Um, they are doing it out of the love of, of the of the fandom out there and of comics and, and for Jesus. And so do go and support them. Get a, co- you know, get a coffee mug, you know, get a T-shirt if they're selling those, get a hat. Um, it's really, really challenging as a, as a creative do what you love and still be able to keep the lights on and pay for all the software that you have to purchase or the headphones or whatever it is so um as a guy who uh, co-runs a a creative company i encourage you to support your creatives Uh, it's just a few bucks and uh show these guys some love so oh thank you so much i greatly appreciate that brian that is 100 percent getting clipped along with lewis Souther's guarantee from last week and both of those are going to go in the opening video from now on (laughs) Hey, look, people like us. That's going in the intro video. <laughs> just, just, just being honest. Absolutely. Yeah, anytime. Just let me know. Okay, they so that one. To, they didn't ask me to do that. So. <laughs> okay, so that one popped up. Why is that alert popping up? We just got a subscriber. Um, J. Duran Art 911 thank you so much for that subscription. Yeah, thank you. You have jumped up to the Stan Clan level of the Comic Clan. Uh-oh. Thank you so much. Got to throw the emote. Gotta throw the emotes. Throw up the Stanley emotes in chat for those that are subscribers. We have a new member of the Stan Clan subscription. There we go, throw them up. Um, mm-hmm. And you, Jay Durant, actually have access to that emote along with our hype emote now that you are a member of that level. So thank you so much for that. Or should have like a sound effect going, Excelsior! I know. Yeah, I need to... <laughs> in all honesty, having Excelsior pop up in screen, I'm already like... I'm already running the risk of like getting sued for that. I use it in all like the promos and stuff. And technically, Stan Lee's company still owns the copyright for that, so I'm already just change the last like sure. letters. So just call it like Excelsius. Excelsius. Can't you can't sue me now, Excelsius? Or you could make it like a Christian things and, and you know Excelsia, right? And do a Latin. There oh, there we go. We could go Latin Excelsia instead. There we go. Yeah. That that's not a bad idea actually. I might do that because like every time I say Excelsior, like I want to show tribute to Stan Lee, but at the exact same time, I'm like, one of these days we're going to get big enough that that becomes an issue. I can like I don't know when, but it will be. Hey, Cross, I'm the idea guy, man. Anytime you need something, give me a call. I'm the idea guy. Hey, I will absolutely do that. I'll actually pick your brain on that, Brandon. Um, ex- Speaking of ideas, I've got an idea for your your twelve hour um, your, uh, your something you could do for your for your you know folks for your uh, autism thing your awareness thing. Yeah, absolutely. What you go? So, what if you guys had a challenge that um, when you reach a certain level, certain dollar level, then like the first request for a cosplay, like a, a ten second cosplay, you guys have to jump up with just what's around you. You have to make the best cosplay for that character and show yourself on camera. 
that would be awesome. Really that would be awesome. I'm going to have to rig the room a little bit with certain things, just yeah, yeah. but like <laughs> absolutely. Right just a box of supplies. It's like and go. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually that's not really a bad good. idea. That's that's a really good. That's idea. actually a really good one. And because like I'm because I was struggling with ideas. Like because I I don't know how much money we we're going to raise. We're a very small community. We're not like massive. So we're not we're not hitting like the thousands of dollar mark here. You know yeah. what I mean? If we get a couple of hundred, I'll be happy. Um, but some of the ideas that were thrown out there was um, for me to dye my hair um, a different colour. That one does not relate to Nitro. Because he's bald. Because I'm... Yeah, I'm definitely bald. But I'm on video all day too, so I don't know how, how, how that would fly over. Yeah, so it's like he's on video all day as well, so he's already ruling out like when he regrows his beard, dyeing that as well. So I, I need him to do something if I dye my hair. And I'm willing to go all in, by the way. If I do the hair dye, I'm willing to go in like bright pink, green, blue, whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm willing to go in. I'm not on video all day except for this, so... And I have no issues with that at all. Um, one of the other big suggestions was um, us doing Bean Boozled. So, like, for every $15 we raise, we do a Bean Boozled challenge where both Nitro and I will, like, spin the wheel and eat a jelly bean, and hopefully it'll be a lovely, nice flavor and not a disgusting, horrible, I want to throw Whoever up flavor. suggested that, you are a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... So that's an incentive that's been thrown out there. Um, I was also throwing the idea out of us doing different drinks and stuff, such as um, like the ranch soda, the bacon soda, the PB&J soda, things like that. Eat the beans. Eat the beans. Thank you. See, Teos, is, Teos wants the beans. I mean, even if oh. Teos has suggested it, actually, in our Discord, now that I think about it. <laughs> that was but, yeah. But, guys, go ahead. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Banned. But, guys... <laughs> Go ahead and jump in our Discord, get your ideas in there for the 12-hour stream, not just for the incentives, but what you guys want to see us do. Because if we're going to be sitting on stream for 12 hours, we want to do stuff that you guys are going to enjoy seeing. We want to put out yeah. content that you guys are going to love for 12 hours. Because we can sit and do whatever, but like if nobody's showing up, it kind of defeats the purpose of us doing a 12-hour stream, you know? Um. So yeah, so absolutely going like a through. Trivia, a trivia contest would be good. You, know, you guys could always challenge another podcast, maybe like Creatively Christian. Um, uh, podcast that I, I'm an anchor host for, and we could do like a comics uh, trivia thing, or maybe just a geek media kind of trivia thing, you know, like a contest. And uh, whoever whoever loses has to toss, you know, ten bucks a, a host in or something like that. Oh, that'd trivia. be interesting. Um, oh, here we go. Locks back. He got. He's like, okay, now that I'm out of jail, I always forget that Twitch thinks anything with a dot extension is a link, even when it isn't. <laughs> Yeah, look, look, you got time now for quite a while there then, if that's you just getting yeah, back in there. like an hour. Dang. I take Spider-Man point at Spider-Man.jpg just to be like, hey, well thrown, thought it was a link. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, ten minutes, good grief. It's ten minutes. Yeah, like I, could probably, I could probably drum up a, a team, if you guys can drum up a couple more uh, team members and we can do a trivia contest and... Yeah, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we could drum up a couple of other people. I'm pretty sure, like Infinity Bros the, and stuff, would be up for it. And... Oh yeah, yeah. Have the audience submit questions. You know, like uh, what color were Thanos's boots in issue one two one of you know Uncanny Avengers or something like that. You know, and we'd have to figure out the answer or lose or deep you know, cut. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. Family Feud style comic trivia. Like, yeah, that's yeah look that'd be a great idea it's like, that's, that's awesome Brian actually I might to reveal how much I don't know about comics it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be fun and hilarious 
It's like, I'm gonna watch those hour and a half comic YouTube videos that explain all runs. I'm just gonna do it for like weeks ahead of time. Just weeks ahead, just to get caught up on everything possible. Comic um, story, and here we go. I'm, I'm coming for you, man. Yeah, I got a comic story and comics explain some of those guys. I've got like the big explanation videos. Um, all right, so we do have a couple of news things that came up this week. Um, not quite as much as we did last week. There was a lot of stuff that Disney dropped like last week for Marvel. Um, but we do have a couple of news points. I just want to quickly hit some of those. Uh, the first one was an interesting one, and I, I don't know if it's fully been confirmed or if it's just kind of a rumor at this point. But apparently, uh, over at Warner Brothers and HBO Max, they are looking to make a sequel series to um, Batman the Animated Series. I saw that. So I, I heard it was a redo. Is it a redo or is it a sequel? I heard that it was a sequel series. Okay. okay. I heard it was that. Um, hold on, lock's throwing something. Any chance you can turn Brandon up? Just a teensy bit in Discord. He's a little bit quieter than you and Nitro. Um, is there any way you can turn your mic up a little bit, Brandon? Because I can turn it up here, but it's going to turn Nitro up to... Uh, let me see. In is Discord? It... it sounds good in my ears. Yeah, it's sounding good for us. Like, I said, I don't want to turn him up on my thing. And like... better? Yeah. I mean, it sounds good to me, but it sounded good before, so... Yeah, let me turn him up a little bit and I'll turn... I'll try and... Just keep letting us know about that volume lock if we need to fix anything off it, because I want to try and get us all even. So Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, can... or Get Out, is, is, is my opinion. Get out of the room if, I agree they're, not even, if they're not even at the table. See, that's the thing as well, though. That's, yeah, I agree. That's, that's the big thing. Like I love Kevin Conroy. He he is the animated Batman. Anything you do... He's the animated Batman. He yeah. is that level of Batman. Is he able to come back and play Bruce Wayne like he did, though? Because like he's now 70 years old. He's in his 70s now. I mean, he's really? done recent stuff, though, with the voice, and he, I mean, he, I'm not saying he sounds just like he did in the animated series, but he sounds good, like, because that's Batman for me, like, that voice is Batman for me, so, oh, even if it's, okay. even if it's slightly different, I would be okay with that. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, look. Sorry, look, just give me a, like he's... sorry, look, just give me a tip on how to turn yeah. Baranin up himself, I did not know this was a thing. Apparently I can like right click you and just you turn your volume up. Thank you so much. Okay, look, look, this is why you've got a VIP badge in our chat. Absolutely, yeah. like you're a, you're like an unofficial member of the team at this point. Always helps us out in technical issues, and it's awesome. Locke is like the unofficial techie of comics in the cross. Person. We have an IT yeah. person on on staff. Yay, Locke! Excelsior! Excelsior! What were you saying? Uh, I was just saying, it's not like you know, you know, if he's seventy, that's fine. His voice is going to sound a little bit different, but it's not like he's, you know, he's not doing mocap or anything, right? Yeah. He's just he's just delivering a voice, so yeah. it's not like he's having to do an action scene at seventy. He's he could be sitting in a chair with a T in his hand, you know, and Batman. So I, I still remember when I found out that Luke Skywalker voiced the Joker. I was like, my brain exploded. Like that is not <laughs> yeah. him. There's no way that that is him, and it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty awesome. Sorry, guys. Like, I don't know who it is, but somebody's mic, something's kind of scraping the mic a little bit or something. I'm getting a little bit of static off it. Yeah. yeah I keep hearing it as well. So. Uh, is it still there? Yeah. It's every, it's always every time. The mic. Like, I'm not just. I'm not being facetious. It's. It's for real. It's probably me. 
Every time I hear it, your little green, your square goes green in Discord. So I think yeah. it is your mic, Nitro. Or if it's not coming through the stream. Oh, is it not coming through the stream? Okay, as long as it's not coming through the stream, well, because like I can, I can deal with static on our end if as long as people in the chat aren't here. I just don't want <laughs> over the top of the podcast, you know. Um, but yeah, like I, that's the thing. I was like, I'm definitely up for Kevin Conroy doing it, and I'm like, but at the very least, you're gonna have to have some sort of backup. You know, I think just in case, not to say anything's going to happen to him, but the man is in his 70s. You have to prepare if you launch a brand new series with a man in his 70s, he might not be there to finish it. You know, just That's true. That's just true. being honest, like at the age he's at, I mean, because he's been playing Batman for forever. So, yeah. And I'm all I for mean, that. He go a whole new direction. I mean, I really liked the aesthetic of Gotham and just everything in general. It was like a, a neo 50s vibe, and I really dug it. Yeah. I hope they keep somewhat yeah. of the same. All, all the cars and all the architecture, they were so stylized, yeah. but they still harken back to Yeah, they still <laughs> harken back to a period that you could kinda go, Yeah, I could see that as being, you know, real. So it was yeah. really, really neat. Uh, Teos, really man, like it's like always more Kevin Conroy, who is sixty five, is the perfect voice. I'm like, Okay, I was five years off, give me a break. He's like he's still okay. like he's still an old age pensioner at this point, you know, it's like he's still like <laughs> The point still stands, okay? Um, my big concern, I think, isn't the fact of like Kevin Conroy doing it, is are we going to get Mark Hamill back for it? Because like, for me, he's the definitive Joker. Animated, he's done video games, yeah, he's done yeah. everything. Yeah. But he did say that he was pretty much done with the Joker. The only thing that would have brought him back was Killing Joke, and he came back and did Killing Joke. You know, but then again, do you want that to be your like the end of your legacy though? Because Killing Joke wasn't exactly amazing. It was not that great. Uh, there right. was there was one recent um, animated movie from DC where the guy sounded similar to Mark Hamill. I can't remember which one it was, but it was a, a little more low key, and I was like, "That's really good." Like I thought it was really good. I can't remember which one it was, honestly. No, absolutely. No, definitely. There's one thing that, that you have to remember, you know, about actors and actresses and, and, and what shows they will or won't do is that at the end of the day, these, these guys and gals, they got bills, right? They got yeah. bills to pay. And, and, when it, and when it comes time to pay the mortgage, you might do something that you had not originally considered that you would do. You know, and like, oh, well, I said I would never do that, but I got to pay a payment on that car that I bought last year. And so, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, these, these people, generally speaking, while they might be at a level far and above where we are financially, you know, they're still got bills to pay. Oh yeah, they still got bills to go, pay. They gotta go do work. Well, that's I think always a great example of that was in Star Wars when like you know Harrison Ford was pretty much done with it and moved on with his life until they held up a big fancy check in front of him for uh -huh. Episode Seven and he came running back to the franchise. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, they had to kill him off to pull to get him back, <laughs> but you know he the man who said he would never play the role again came back and played the role. Just you yeah. know. Never say yeah, never. <laughs> that check I could buy the rest of Montana, so I'm coming back. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For the check that he got written, like I'm not surprised he oh, said yes. Like you know, what I mean, I'm like yeah, 100. I'll come back for that. Absolutely. Um, chat's just saying Nitro that lot can hear you the static a little bit. One of the last times you spoke, it's definitely coming through for your side. Is it? Shoot. Hold on. Yeah, it's not bad right now, but every so often it's just like a little flare of static. So I don't know if like it's just a connection thing or whatever. Um but yeah, like I 
if they're going to go ahead and do this and do it like the original animated series of Batman, like from the 90s, I'm all for them continuing that. I mean, Batman the Animated Series is still to this day heralded as one of the best TV shows, one of the best cartoons ever put out there. You know, for anyone who is a fan of superheroes and comic books and whatever, like, that's always an influence in a lot of people's lives. Like, I read comic books, but yeah, I watched Batman the Animated Series. It's one of those shows, you know? And at the same time, it's already... Have you guys ever... Not on you go, Brian. Yeah, I was just saying, have you guys ever read, like, the pitch package that the guys and gals that that pitched that show, the amount of work that they went into for that pitch package? No, I've never read the pitch package for it. I can only imagine how insane the pitch must have been for it. It is is so well done, first of all. You know, this is kind of getting into my world where when you go to pitch an animated series, you really have to do a ton of work on the front end. A lot of people say, oh, well, I got a log line. That's all I need. You know, I can describe it in one sentence. But, I mean, that pitch package, I think it was like 80-something pages long. Wow. They had all this character art done already. They had vehicles. They had locations already done and sketched out. And the writing as well was just so well done in that pitch for that show. And I really think that led to part of its success, you know, is that it just... Oh, yeah. They had already sorted out so many story, character, developmental issues before they ever did the first script, yeah, just in the pitch, that it was super strong out of the gate. So it was, it was a really, really, I think that led to the success of the show, honestly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, it's it's a one-of-a-kind show. Like, there, was no, there wasn't another show like it when I was growing up. That just right. There wasn't at all. It's like, and it was so well thought out. You could tell it was so well planned. It was so methodical. And I think the thing I appreciated that not a lot of, like, you know, animated shows and cartoons for kids, especially today, really delve into is the fact of, like, they didn't dumb anything down. They were honest about, they were honest about, these are the stakes, this is what Batman's going through. They showed real adult emotions and they helped teach kids, like, this is stuff that can happen. This is, like, stuff that you go through in life. And I feel like that was something, you know, a number of cartoons did when I was younger and they just don't anymore. Like, they almost avoid some of that. Apart from the odd one here and there, you know, like I'm thinking stuff like Avatar and Gravity Falls and different things today, like absolutely hit those notes, but for the most part, they don't. Batman was just at a whole other level of hitting that, and if they can recapture that... There were a few... There were very few cartoons where, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it as, as I was on my way home from school to watch the new episode, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely it was I, I mean that was that was saturday morning viewing for me that that with um along with the x-men cartoon and the spider-man cartoon like that was that was part of my watching that helped build my love for comics and superheroes 100 yeah, percent. next yeah. nearest to batman uh animated series is x-men animated series but unquestionably the superior one in many ways yeah so x-men will, was phenomenal I, I have a very soft spot for x-men and spider-man but if you go back like doesn't age super well. Um, X Men ages. Be- X Men ages better. Spider Man has not Spider-Man aged well. Like, wow, this is like some of this is really. Good. <laughs> I'll still watch it. Shoot, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I still got that nostalgia for it, but like it's 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 definitely aged as a nineties cartoon. And um, just want to shout out to Frostbite who's managed to pop into chat. I'm so glad you can join us, Frostbite. And um, 
excuse me, just doing a shout out for him, go ahead, click on that link, and give Frostbite some love over there. Um, he's a good friend of ours and does a lot of good gaming stuff and works with them. Um, Love Thy Nerd, another um, organization that's doing a lot of cool nerdy stuff over there. So definitely go and check him out. Um, so jumping on from there to the next topic is we had a couple of casting. Uh, and I have to be honest, like I don't really know the people that well that are in the casting announcement. And the first one was we got our second person cast in the She-Hulk um, Disney Plus show. We already had She-Hulk cast, um, but we now have Ginger Gonzaga, if I'm saying that name even close to correctly, um, who has been cast <laughs> as Jennifer Walters' best friend in the show, apparently, um, but we don't have a name on the specific character yet. I don't know that much about her as an actress. Like, I even looking up shows she was in, like, I... I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. Um, I don't know if you're able to see anything. Nitro usually yeah, look this stuff right up. I don't, I don't, I can't see. But I'm like, there's there's nothing of major that I've kind of like I've seen her in that I know of. So, um, if anyone's a fan of her out there, you know she's going to be appearing in She-Hulk, and I'm, you know, yeah. I'm I'm all for it to be honest because like Disney has been killing it with their the Marvel stuff recently and the casting. Yeah, and especially when they freaking they cast like unknowns, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They cast unknown actors in these massive roles and yeah. or in different things, and they always pull it off. So like I've I've no doubt that that'll happen again. Um, the next one um was for the Titan show coming on HBO Max. Um, there was already a big massive push because we were getting Red Hood on the show and they'd announced who Red Hood was going to be but we now have a casting for Barbara Gordon is going to be on the show as well and played by Savannah Welch um, another actress who I don't know a lot of it looks like she's done a few more things than um, Ginger does um, but like I still don't know her desperately well but the main thing here is like the out of nowhere announcement that we're going to be getting Barbara Gordon on Titans and um, no confirmation as of yet as to what version of Barbara we're going to get though and um, whether it's going to be Batgirl or Oracle um, so it'll be interesting to see what road they go with that um, the obvious road to go is Batgirl because that's who she is in the comics right now that's who she's most famously known for uh, personally I'm a bigger fan of Oracle I think them returning Barbara Gordon the use of her legs by some whatever medical cure they used I'm like I I think was a really bad mistake I think like you had an amazing opportunity for this brand new role for her as a hacker in the DC world and not to mention representation of paraplegics in comics which there is not like in any level yeah not to mention the fact of there was other women to take the role of Batgirl over Two, in fact, you had both Cassandra yeah, Kane and Stephanie I, Brown, you know. Yeah, I think that really harkens back to a really good character development decision that DC made back in the comics, right? When they mm-hmm. decided to make that happen to Barbara and then continue it yeah. and use that not as an end to a character, but kind of an evolution to a character. I mean, that's one of the things um, that I think is missed so much in comics and in comics-based movies is we have this this always this return to the beginning state and that's in storytelling that's the worst thing you can do you know in storytelling you want to start with the world as it is now and when you're done 
the world and the characters need to have changed something yeah. we needed to go on that journey and see that progression see the change in the character yeah yeah and, and it absolutely does. It grows the world it grows the story and i think that's what audiences want honestly yeah, i don't think they want to see the same the same character in situ never changing forever that gets boring yeah. you know but no absolutely and they do that's absolutely one of my big issues I know with like Marvel and DC Comics specifically and one of the reasons I think I'm kind of drawn to a lot more of like we do our indie comic book club as part of the show where we delve into comics that are coming out independently and comics that are part of the other publishers that are not part of the big two because there is this whole other world of comics out there but a lot of them are linear stories and a lot of them have ends to them like uh, one of the first comics we did was Lock and Key you know phenomenal series phenomenal comic book but there's six volumes to it and they've came back to do like kind of offshoots of like the lock and key world but like the main story is those six volumes and then it's done it's a beginning middle and end and the characters progress through that story and that's it that's the story and with marvel and dc it's very much i think and i think ultimately that comes down to a battle between two things one you have a creator battle right and i can speak to this personally because i went through this with my novel h2o um, um i co-authored a novel several years ago called h2o which is a speculative christian novel and um it was always meant to be just one book and that's it never have a sequel or anything like that but the publisher really wanted a trilogy and so there was this back and forth and i you know we could have written other stories in the trilogy um, but ultimately we decided that really wasn't the right way to go. It just didn't feel authentic. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So, um, and, you know, and Hey, that's walking away from money. Right. And ultimately that's what the creator has to, has to select or has to choose is I want to serve the story or do I want to serve my pocketbook? And yeah. studios also have that problem like lock and key, I think is a great example where you kind of have this runaway hit. I think one of the things that made a runaway hit is that it was a complete and fulfilling story. Mm-hmm. And when Absolutely. you try and drag that out or carbon copy that, it loses authenticity and it loses fan support. And, you know, fans are smart. And yeah. I think uh, studios and creators would be smart to listen to them. That's yeah. Why when, you see, when you see shows on TV that it's a very, like, it's not like 28 seasons, it's like 15 seasons, but it's like a, a succinct, like, six season. And the whole mm-hmm. thing is an arc, and it ends. And those are the types yeah. of stories that people, I think, enjoy the most. Yeah, I, there's the beginning, a middle, mm-hmm. and end, like you said, Cross. I think like with I, I think that's why Stranger Things did so well. Mm-hmm. The first season of Stranger Things, it was the same sort of story, very tight, very interconnected, but it was complete. Uh-huh. Now, I'm glad they had more seasons, but you didn't have to. You could have walked away yeah. from it satisfied. Yeah. And I think stories like that resonate. Um, I think because I think. I think the big thing with creative stories, and at least it's something I found, like in terms of TV shows especially, like I've, it's something I've definitely found with American TV shows after moving here to the States and shows that we got in the UK. Like UK shows are very short seasons. Like you can have a UK show that's got like six episodes in a season. Yeah. Um, and it's got a few seasons to it, and like, and that's it, the story's told. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and we don't, there's not an urge to go back to it, that's just the story. Yeah. you know and it's like whereas in america it's almost like companies do stuff to death like yeah. they will run stuff into the ground exactly. you know what i mean and we've we've talked about yeah we've talked about it a couple of times like even with comic book shows like the flash and supergirl and stuff like that on yeah. the cw first couple of seasons of them are great 
and then they just start to go downhill and it's like and it's like this show should have ended a long time ago <laughs> this is this is just not entertaining and i think comics are this weird world as well of where you have to listen to the fan base but you also have to ignore the fan base at the same time because the fans the fans want all the toys put back in the box to the point now like whenever a creative team changes on a book they have to like do whatever the story is like we i think we talked about it last week like um with hydra cap in the secret yeah. empire story that um was done and like he's now the head of hydra and he's now the big bad guy but at the end of secret empire all the toys are back where they were because we yeah. need to have captain america mm-hmm. back and it's like it's actually a topic i really want to delve into on an episode of the podcast at some point of should they progress like one of the big ones was like um one more day from spider-man when the writers basically all went, oh, we can't write interesting stories anymore because Spider-Man's married and he's having a kid. So let's take him back to being single. Let's erase the marriage. Let's take all of that away. Regardless of the fact that there was a massive fan outcry of like, that doesn't make sense. That's stupid. Yeah. They still did it. And it's like, well, actually, at the rate Peter is, like, shouldn't Peter be in like his 30s or 40s? Wouldn't it be amazing to see him as a kind of mentor role now? Like yeah, especially yeah. to someone yeah, like Miles Morales, who's in the same universe with them now, like yeah. have him be the main Spider-Man and Peter almost kind of like his mentor figure, like his yeah. Uncle Ben sort of character well, that he looks up to and that he learns the lessons from, and you know. Yeah, well, and also you have the, the you have the dynamic of Peter as a dad, right? I mean, that's mm, there's a lot yeah. of responsibility there, and what's Peter's line, right? With you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, now you can flip that on its head, right? With great responsibility becomes great power yeah there's so many stories you can tell to kind of grow that character and and tease out that dynamic and what's going on in peter's personal life and with his children versus his superhero guys right i mean there's so much you can do with that yeah i think what it requires it really requires brave storytelling you know and 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 like you said sometimes you have to ignore the fans but sometimes you have to listen to them but you just got to be brave in your storytelling Uh, yeah the things you mentioned about uk shows um, one of the shows my wife and I love, we don't watch a lot of TV in my house, but one of the shows that we love when it came out was Shetland. Mm. You're probably uh, very familiar with Cross. And uh, actually the whole season, one episode. It's this one long episode of Shetland. It's kind of a cop drama, right? Where, yeah. Um, at the beginning there's a problem and he solves that problem by the end of six six shows. But it's, it's those all those shows, you could pack them all together the whole season. And it's really one long narrative. It's just one yeah. story. Yeah, it's, like it's there's no filler, no extra, just this story and that's your story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just amazing storytelling. Humor uh, in the chat says this is what Marvel Spider-Man game does so well. I, I would echo that 100%. Just having finished the game um, and just having him live, live his life and actually grow up in the game and, you know, mm-hmm. you know ha- be live in the decisions that he's made and then become the, the mentor to Miles actually in the game and and seeing him like be kind of like that father role that's yeah it's really cool yeah that, and i think that's what he should well, have yeah. been and i think that's the thing there's so many characters like that like Locke even said it in chat like we got to see that with batman and like batman beyond we got to see terry mcginnis become the new batman and bruce wayne become a mentor figure because he physically could not do it anymore and it's like but yet in the comics like so many people have taken on the mantle of batman and then it always reverts back to bruce like you know like one of my favorite batman runs is the grant morrison run where dick grayson is batman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and this whole new world of storytelling opens up because you've got this fun-loving kind of Batman character because it's Dick Grayson, and then you've got like this little angry Robin because Damian Wayne's brought in, and he is literally Bruce Wayne as a kid. You know, it's like, and it changes the dynamics of it. But at the same time, at the end of that, it was all put back, and we've seen that as well with stuff like um. Like Sam Wilson, we're about to see that in the show. Sam Wilson becoming Captain America from his yeah. role as Falcon. Captain America had lost the Super Soldier so Serum. Yeah, he took up the mantle, and we had this. We had a black Captain America who was doing a totally different level of storytelling. He's not a Super Soldier. He's not, you know, the level of Captain America. He doesn't have all this history, and he was facing stuff, you know. And one of the things they talked about was like, you know, especially today's country, the racial issues. Of like how much racism has been talked about in the last year and having a black Captain America, a black representative of that. And it's like, but yeah, no, we're going to make him Falcon again and give it back to Steve Rogers. And it's like, why? You've made all this progress. People are mad. It's like, people are always mad. Because people don't, because comic book fans don't like change. They want you to keep entertaining them, but don't you dare change anything. Like, that doesn't work. No, that's, that's really, really hard. That's As not storytelling. That's really hard. Yeah, it's like, I want, I, want, I want to be entertained, but, like, you can't progress the character of this person in any meaningful way. Like, yeah. no, they can't get married, and I'm like, but that's what real people do. No, they can't have kids. That's what real people do. They can't have, like, these things where they step away from the role. That's what happens in real life. Yeah. Why are we not allowed to show that? Yeah, you know what happens when you aren't allowed to progress the character, but you must entertain more. It's Scooby Doo. That's that's what that's what the end product is. Every episode is the same exact thing. You it's know? the same thing, and like, yeah. and I've let, I've, let's just, let's just I've literally lived to the point now. Like, I'm in my thirties now, and I am literally at the point where I've been reading comic books so long that I keep seeing stuff come back. Now I'm sure. seeing stuff where I'm like, you did that already. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's not even just the fact you did it already. The fact is that you're pitching it like you didn't. Exactly. You're pitching it to me like this is a new idea. Like, I get that you have to redo certain things because of the way the fans are, but just be honest about it that this is like, hey, this happened before, right? You know? And, uh, and I think I think this is a great discussion. I mean, you got 12 hours to fill, you know, for, for y'all's event. So, hey, let's... Oh I'm yeah. Happy to come back on. We can talk for hours about this topic. I've got to say this will take this will take up the twelve out. hours at this point. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for deep diving it. So yeah, if you have me back on, let me know. I'll show up for that twelve hour thing. That'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I, I could keep ranting on this forever, but look, we've got we're already like at the forty five minute mark, and there's one other news topic I wanted to throw out there, and then we can actually start delving into the. <laughs> This happens, we said this last week with Lewis, like, this happens, like, rants happen, and we just go off on one in the show, and it's it's okay. It's okay, this happens. That's right. You are much quieter than Brian. Yeah, I just saw that. I, I, I ticked down my volume just a tad to try to curb some of the static, um, but I just turned it back yeah. up a little bit. So it's okay, I can turn you up on my side a little bit. Okay. I just didn't want the static. Down and good here. Distracting. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Now that I know I can do it on my side from here, which I didn't know was a thing, I can I can mess with that now, which is really helpful. Um, so yeah, the last news, you may have seen it, I posted it on our social media this week, and literally came out like a couple of days ago. There is a rumour now floating around for the Fantastic Four movie that we might have our Doctor Doom, that we could be seeing Michael Fassbender take on the role of Doctor Doom. That's 
what I'm talking about. Michael Fassbender, of course, to the comic book community, to the geek world, is, of course, Magneto from the X-Men First Class, which, Days of Future Past, um, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix movies, which he was one of the few enjoyable points of some of those movies. He was, I, I, think, I think he was outstanding as Magneto. Yeah, he was a really great choice for that, and... And if you've been watching this show for any length of time, you know I'm a massive Doctor Doom fan. Like he is my villain of Marvel. He is like the potential to be bigger than Thanos level threat, in my yeah. opinion. And I am all in on Michael Fassbender being Doctor Doom. I think he would crush that role. I think he yeah, could I'm portray all levels it. of it. I'm like, I really hope this ends up being true. I mean, he's, it's proven he can do accents. So let's let's hear that Sokovian or not Sokovian. Was he Latvian accent? Latvian. Latvian. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm all in for Fastbender being Doctor yeah. Doom. Like I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for it. I would like to see him put on a little bit of muscle, but whatever. Is that right? He's gonna be wearing metal armor anyway. You won't see the muscle. He literally they're, wears they're that. Not just, they're not gonna immediately throw him in that though. Yeah, they yeah, are. He's too pretty of a dude. He's too pretty of a dude for them to immediately put a mask on his face. You know he's going to be... We're you know, going to get flashbacks and stuff of what Victor Von Doom looked like, but we are going to go to Latveria, and he's going to be sitting in that throne in the full <laughs> armor. It's like mask oh. on and everything. Like, And I trust Feige to do that because he's being there, like that with everything. Like, There was a handful of this people just that announced, were... Go ahead. I was just, this just announced cross-directing. Uh, Fantastic Four. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to direct Fantastic Four. I'll direct a Doctor Doom movie. Like I, oh, I, I'll, I'll deep dive that and go into Doctor Doom's backstory, man. I'm all for it. Dude, there was a handful of people. Just sound like were... you were setting it up. Yeah, There's I'm. A handful of good people for that man. were announced for his casting, and he was one of them that I was super excited about. Oh Matt yeah. Nicholson was another one, but obviously he played uh, in Doctor Strange. So that's all right. He could play Doom. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be the mask. I think it might be. Yeah, that's true. It's the equivalent of like let's It's the equivalent of this. We talked about it last week. Deadpool three's happening. Do you really yeah. think Josh Brolin's not coming back as Cable? That's true. Thanos is gone, and even if he wasn't, they don't look the same. One's a voiceover with like mocap, the other one's him. So like, yeah. you really think he's not coming back to play Cable again? That's true. Like, of course he's coming back. They're Josh Brolin down as Cable. They're going to bring him back, and he's already got a relationship with the company. So Locksteady, Locksteady says, the fact that they skipped the Uncle Ben bits of Spider-Man gives me hope that we can get a Doc Doom without having to meet Von Doom first. I don't know about that, Lock, because like, er I think most everyone knows the origin of Spider-Man. Like, his I, Uncle Ben dies. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people know the origin. I think we're going to have everything about the origin. I think we're going to have to get a little bit of Von Doom, but yeah. I think, like I said, I think a lot of it will be flashback stuff. Because, like, I don't think we're going to get, like, the previous Fantastic Four movies where we dive into them getting their powers, and this is how Von Doom was made, and I think we'll get the setup for the Fantastic Four, but I think any Von Doom stuff is going to be Victor and Reed, like, flashback to them at college together. Mm -hmm. That's hey. one of the things that I've really enjoyed about the Marvel movies, is that we don't have to necessarily sit through an origin story for every villain we yes. encounter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can just accept them as a villain, and their their presence and their performance and the writing brings the villain. We don't have to know where Thanos was born, right? We don't have to know how he became the you know the the the, the mad Titan, right? We get a little bit of that, but yeah. But yeah, he's still fleshed out though. He's still a fleshed out character. 
you know, we still exactly. we still get all of that story to him. Yeah, he feels real, and I love how Marvel is doing that. And that's just down to good writing and, and really good directing. So I don't think we have to have necessarily a Doctor Doom yeah. origin story. And Locke and yeah. Chat saying as well, Killmonger and Black Panther is also a great example of that. We don't have to delve into the full backstory of the villain, but we get enough to build a deep character. And also, thank you, Official MXG, for that host. And no worries about being late, man. <laughs> he just woke up. Like, thank you for popping in, man. Like, I, I feel like uh, Winter Soldier is a good example of that too. Like, I, I feel because I, I think the Russo brothers one time I was listening to like a commentary from them, and they were like, "We don't ever like, what is it? Like, tell have dialogue or whatever, just to kind of have dialogue to explain to the audience what's happening. Like, it always serves a purpose. The dialogue always moves the story forward, mm -hmm. and they like." We try to do multiple things at once. Like there's dialogue and, and there's action, and it's pushing the story forward. And I think they did the same yeah, thing with that movie. Yeah. That's the first lesson you learn if you really study screenwriting: is that every word on the page is there for a reason. There, there. Mm -hmm. I mean, every preposition, you know, every article, every word, it has to move the story forward. Yeah. And if it doesn't, cut it. Yeah. Move it from the screenplay. Yeah, absolutely, and it makes sense. Like you know what's it there for it's like it's the whole preposition of like if you mention something in the story there has to be a payoff for it otherwise why was it there yeah you know absolutely uh, not that adam thank you for coming in with that host we appreciate it thank you for stopping by for our chat today and um, but yeah absolutely and I, i'm excited for the fantastic four and like i know a lot of people that aren't massive comic fans are kind of done with it at this point and i don't blame them because the last few entries haven't been amazing. Uh, you mean awful? Yeah, yeah they're awful. Yeah, they're awful. They're awful. Especially Fan Four Stick. You know, especially like the what they did with that. I, I still don't know what they did. I, I still don't know what they did with that movie. But... Of, <laughs> but a great model of breaking that pattern is Spider Man. Honestly, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, because how many Spider Man movies did we have before you know Marvel did it? And it blew everything else away, and now none of that stuff really exists in most, in most fans' mind. And they yeah. just know the Marvel Spider-Man moving forward. So yeah. yeah, it changed everything, and I think it's going to be think, the same. I think they yeah. can do the same thing with Fantastic Four. I so. will say, like, I appreciate what Fanforstic was attempting to do. Like, I, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying see to him, see how much of a film you can record without lighting. <laughs> they were trying to like, they were they were trying to like give it a, a, a more serious spin and you know take it more serious, like a drastic turn from the previous two. Uh, I get I get it, but it was just. Awful. I know, but it's like the comic's called Fantastic Four. If you ever flick through the early issues, Fantastic Four, it's like there's no way in the world to make that dark and gritty. Yeah, it's yeah, not meant yeah. to be. Like, don't get me wrong, there are dark and gritty heroes out there. Fantastic Four are not one of them. You know, it's like. And, but I trust this. I trust Marvel with it, and I trust seeing where it's, it's going to go and what they can do with it. Because they've proven when they get properties back, like, that what they're capable of. You know, we've seen that, like, when they've done that with, like, we said, Spider-Man, or uh, when they got, like, um, Ghost Rider back and he showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, like, in different stuff. Like, I'm excited for the upcoming Blade movie now that we've got yeah. Blade back, and, you know, they've got all these characters starting to come back. Daredevil, another phenomenal example of yes. it, of what Fox did with him compared to what Marvel did with him, you know, yeah. it's night and day. So I can only imagine what they do with Fantastic Four. In reading the uh, Hickman's new Ven New Avengers and Avengers and Fantastic Four, I'm super excited to see what they're gonna, what Marvel's gonna do with them. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And I, and I think that really speaks to, you know, the, the guys and gals that are at the helm of all of these movies, you know, the kind of yeah. executive team. And number one, they've got a love of the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell they love the source material. And so they are trying to go back to that source material and treat it like a fan would. You know, just like if you and if you or me or Nitro, Nitro got the opportunity to make a movie like this, we wouldn't write a new story. Mm-hmm. We'd go back and grab those amazing stories and try to just put a little bit of tweak on it to make our put our fingerprint on it and then go, bam, make the best movie you can. Yeah. And I, I think that really speaks to why these movies have done as well as they, they have is because the stories are proven. You know, millions of copies have been sold. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's for a reason. It's, it's not, and definitely, not a good base to build. And the, not the, that Adam, go ahead. So I was just going to say, it's like, and that's it, though, picking that creative team to it. Like, Kevin Feige being at that helm and knowing exactly where he wants to take things and the picking the creative team, they're almost as picky on that as they are on the actors. Oh, yeah. To yeah, make the perfect absolutely. thing. I would have loved to have been in a pitch meeting where he pitched this idea. I would have, yeah. I would give almost anything to have been a fly on the wall. <laughs> absolutely. He pitched the MCU. Can you imagine that pitch? I know. Not that Adam in chat says the the problem with Fantastic Four, even in the MCU, is Reed Richards is almost too hard to make a sympathetic hero in the modern age. I kind of agree with that. See, that's the thing, though. It's like Reed's not meant to be, though. At least in my opinion, he's. I I think though. I think though, a lot is going to hinge on who they cast, and I think if they're going the direction that I think they're going to go with John Krasinski, I think that that will take a lot of the edge off the character as as, ha- as I read him as Hickman's writing him like presently or presently I mean like five or six years ago but that's like the most I think the best incarnation that I've read of, of, of Reed yeah um, I think he'll take the edge off that a bit I'm not widely read on Fantastic Four so this may have been done but I can tell you if I was writing Fantastic Four the way I would make Reed believable and is that I would make him this uh, he's like so smart that he is just completely socially awkward yes as I it, He's so brilliant, and he thinks on such a level that he just doesn't really work well in social situations around regular people. Yeah. And I think that would give him an element of relatability and lovability that audiences could attach to. Um, it may have been done yeah. in comics, I don't know. Um, but I think there's definitely stuff that's attempted that. The thing that kind of sticks out in my mind of the way that you could write Reed and still make him a character that people like and kind of relate to is it's almost kind of been done looking at another actor from the MCU actually looking at Benedict Cumberbatch and his portrayal of Sherlock in the BBC Sherlock show like yes, th- yes like that like the character is is still likable and enjoyed by characters but he's a complete sociopath he completely has no clue how to interact with the normal everyday person his intellect has elevated him so far beyond and you know it's like um, and Reed kind of does that as well They've kind of done that in a way which is kind of interesting. And I'm probably going to spoil stuff here for Nitro as he's reading the Fantastic Four, but it is like a six-year-old story. Um, But in Hickman's run, like, you get, like, the Council of Reeds, where it's, like, all the Reeds from the different multiverses coming together. But one of the reoccurring things is the fact of, like, that most of them have gotten so caught up in the bigger picture that they've ended up becoming divorced and leaving their families and, you know, don't see their kids and all this sort of stuff. And it ends up being at the end of his run, that's what it's building to, is the fact of, like, that's what makes the 616 read different, is he's the read that chose his family first. He's not any, he's not just as intellectual as any of the others, but he chooses his family over them. And that's what leads um, Franklin of the future who's in the story to make the decision he does 
to help his dad because his dad chose the family over what all the other reeds did which was choosing the bigger picture so there's definitely elements there of where you can make him relatable and still have him be this big intellect tony stark think about it he's on tony stark's a, technically on an intellect the same level as reed to a certain extent yeah and he's the most popular character in the mcu Right. You can do it with Reed as well. It's just that you need to find a new way to do it. Yeah, and again, I think I think we've seen that because because we started with Tony here. He's gone through an arc, and now he's at the complete opposite end of that spectrum. Yeah, you know, he is mm -hmm. at the beginning. He is the you know the millionaire you know billionaire playboy, self centered, all about me. And when we end, he's a dad. Yeah, yeah. loves his family and who loves adopted son so much that he lays down his life you know i mean that's yeah. that's a huge that's a huge dramatic dramatic journey we've gone. <coughs> and absolutely that's, and that's why the audience loves him they've watched him grow up absolutely and i think you can do a similar story with reed i think you can sure um yeah i would agree so just to note that adam in the chat as well saying uh, during that Hickman run, he done the death of Johnny Storm, and it was one of the best things that he ever read until they revived him three months later. Like, uh -huh. Yeah, they kind of does this whole big thing of the death of Johnny Storm. They even brought in Spider Man as a replacement, and then uh, Johnny's back. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm assuming that's Hickman's run. That's yeah, that's Hickman's run. Yet. Great. <laughs> Dude, that's six, okay. like, uh, six seven-year-old story is going to happen. On anybody, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so we are now hitting that's over the hour mark. That's so one of the things I didn't like about Infinity War is that they didn't keep more of the Avengers dead. They 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 brought them back, and death lost its sting. Mm -hmm. now, yeah, I know we permanently we permanently lost some of them, but I think more of them should have been permanently dusted, and I think it would have been a slightly better movie. It was great, but I think it would have been better in my opinion. Yeah, I think there was an there was an impact taken away from that but i think that was done in the writing though and um, simply because you could like everybody that like faded away was all the people that were in upcoming movies it was all their new characters so like yeah. they had to bring them back and it's like but at the same time like i think that was done as a, a last hurrah for the original avengers yeah and they kind of i mean they got as much emotional weight out of it as they could right because they they left yeah, they, your they gap. Did a good job you had to you had to like you had to wait because you didn't know what was gonna happen i mean you had an idea what was at, at the same time don't get me wrong at the end of endgame i was still bawling my eyes out i was still an emotional wreck by the end of that movie don't get me wrong it's like it still it still wrecks me watching that movie and yeah, it, was, it was bad wow that's that's actually my favorite but it, but then again empire strikes back is my favorite of the, of the original star wars trilogy i just love those middle dark movies yeah everything is darkest before this before the dawn i love those type movies oh yeah if you get those movies good then like yeah they're they're really great movies um so i'm actually going to jump us forward since we're now about the hour mark and we've rambled a bit news long enough and we do actually have brandon with us today so it'd be nice to actually talk to him about this you know the stuff he actually does um uh Locke saying empire's the best star wars movie for sure so there you go you got an agreement there and yes Locke. Um, so of course we have with us today brandon hollingsworth from brainy pixel productions who is coming to join us today and brandon you're probably not as you know well known among some of our um comic clan as you know we'd like you to be so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself a little bit about your background and a little bit about brainy pixel and exactly what it is sure. 
Sure, absolutely. And it's, a, again, a pleasure to be on. I'm super excited. And I've been having a blast already, so I feel right at home. Uh, so, again, my name is Brandon Hollingsworth. I am the Chief Creative Officer and Chief Operations Officer of a Christian animation and production studio called Brainy Pixel Productions. We're based out of North Alabama in the United States. And the studio has been around for um, about a decade or so, but we've mostly been oh, doing wow. um, YouTube type work and we've done a lot of um, uh, you know, promotional work for local companies and businesses and things of that nature. Um, but over the past couple of years, well, three years now, we just really felt like God leading us to do um, work that was more focused on um, creating content that glorifies him and that brings people closer to the cross of Christ. And so we uh, kind of really it was kind of a complete transition from what we were doing to what we're doing now. And um, not that we were making secular stuff before, but we were kind of working on our own projects and what we thought what we thought were going to bring success, what we thought were going to bring you know, more money into the studio and our passion projects. And I really just kind of showed us that we really needed to work on content um, that he wanted us to create. Mm -hmm. And so um, we went from literally getting ready to close up shop, close down the business and walk away wow. to within uh, a couple of months after some intense prayer of God showing my business partner, Michael and I, that we needed to be working on a 3D full length animated feature. Um, which is a huge transition. Uh, you know, you go from, hey, we're going to close our business to, hey, we're going to make a movie. Uh, so it's just completely nuts. And so we uh, began working on that. We worked on that for a year, or still working on that, actually. And uh, But from a year, basically, of God telling us, hey, you're going to make this movie, a year later, we were sitting down with uh, Hollywood producers, with people in the Christian film industry, uh, entertainment lawyers who had worked on Chronicles of Narnia, you know, and other major films, uh, a studio out of Birmingham that's been involved in every Christian film that's been released over the past 20 years, um, who are now our mentors, um, you know, in the film industry. Um, and it was just an amazing transition to go from, hey, we're going to close up shop to, hey, we're going to be making a movie at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. So along that path, um, the, the film that we're working on is under kind of super tight NDA at the moment because mm -hmm. everybody that we've spoken to from Hollywood to, to Franklin, Tennessee, which is the center of Christian entertainment in the world, has said, don't tell anybody what you're working on. This is huge. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is going to be amazing if you guys can pull it off. So we, as a studio, we want people to know what we're working on and we yeah. want to kind of be, begin to build that fan base. Yeah. And so we said, well, what can we work on that's, you know, maybe not as intensive, which a little bit shorter project, still a full product that we can release to the public to begin, you know, seeding, you know, seeding the fields, you know, building that kind of market share, building that fan base. And that's kind of what led us to Cubekins, which is a kids program, 3D animated uh, Christian kids show that we just released a 22 minute pilot for we self-funded. Uh, and produced in eight months, which is absolutely wow. nuts in the 3D That's industry. <laughs> and we released that back in November, and it's on sale now on Vimeo and um, on ChristianCinema.com. And we just got on Amazon Prime with it. That's awesome. And get it on Prime. And now we've got a couple of additional distribution channels that are coming on in the next month or two. Um, and we're talking to some global organizations about uh, doing additional work uh, for Cubkins. And um, uh, animated shows is just one of the things that we do at Brainy Pixel. We also 
um, are working on some comic uh, properties. We've got lots of IPs that we're developing, and some of those have comics attached to them, such as um, a story that's near and dear to my heart, my Tenant's Tales series. We've also got a, a sci-fi action adventure called Fourth World 4 um, that'll be hopefully a 3D show, but we've also got a comic in the works. We've got another one called Divine Nine. It's kind of like a Ben 10 meets Avatar The Last Airbender that's also got a comic attached to it. And I've got many other projects in the works as well that we can talk about if you guys are interested. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for all those links I just threw up in chat, um, as Brian mentioned, for Cubkins, um, if you follow them on social media, Brainy Pixel, there's been a lot of stuff happening with them. We're not going to delve massively into Cubkins today because it's not really for our audience, but I know some of you out there listening are parents. Um, so there are all the links there for social media and also where you can pick up Cubekins on like Vimeo, on Christian Cinema and on Amazon now. Um, so go and check those out. And if you do do pick it up, please review it as well. We'd love to get some reviews from folks. So. Yeah, get some reviews in there, let people know what you think. Um, also just a shout out to Not That Adam. Thank you so much for that subscription. You're now part of the Stan Clan. But thank you so much for that sub. We absolutely Excelsior. appreciate it, brother. Excelsior. <laughs> that's that's going to catch said, on. Somebody said Ecclesia. I'm like, oh, that works too. Ecclesia. Like, no, not quite the same feel to it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you so much for coming in to talk about some of these projects. Um, so the major one that we definitely want to delve into today is um, Tenant's Tale. Uh, Tenant's Tale is... We got the opportunity to look at the first issue of it, which is available on um, Gumroad at the moment. Which, I, which I like to point out before I got the stuff for Tenants Tale, I'd never heard of Gumroad, and now for two weeks in a row, we've been interviewing people who have got stuff up there. Yeah, I so I was like, that sounds familiar. That's the same stuff where Lewis Southers got his stuff going up. So I'm oh, like, oh, that's right. Okay. So like, this is apparently going to become a thing because we've now already got two creators putting stuff up there. Um. Yeah. yeah, so we ran across Gumroad, and uh, you know I, I've actually known about it for a while, and uh, we just said, hey, I know you can sell PDFs on there, so let's throw it up there. That's a kind of quick path to direct to customer sales. Yeah, and we're looking into global comics and some of the other platforms as well. So, uh, and I'm going to show you as well. You can pull that up on the internet, but if you can see it on my phone, there there is actually a Gumroad app where you oh, can okay. get the stuff on your phone as well. And um, so I actually have Tenant Sale on my phone. That's um, awesome. So. Sweet. Yeah, and Tenet Tales up there, a nice little price. They're asking for donations, but at least a dollar on it. So like, if you want to pick it up and see, is this a series I want to delve into? It's not going to break your bank at the minute. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like, with Tenet's Tale, this was a really interesting comic to delve into. Um, I'm trying to remember the the way it was pitched when I first got it. Like, it was like Hellboy meets something. Um. Yeah, so... So the way the way I pitch Hellboy is it's essentially oh, sorry, the way I pitch Hellboy. Yeah. I don't pitch Hellboy, or I'll get a cease and desist from uh, Dark Horse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the way I pitch Tenet's Tales is it's a Christian Hellboy, right, or um, a, a Holy Witcher. It's been called a Holy a Holy Witcher. Witcher. That was the other one. Okay. I was trying to remember the other one, and I and it very get a Witcher. I got a Witcher vibe from it. Yeah, yeah. And it very much is like as. And honestly, even the art of it, like, I, I have to mention this off the cuff, because I'm going to pull up the first picture of it, like, which is the cover of the first yeah. issue, um, for Troublemaker. Um, and for Tenet's Tale, it's this really dark, gritty sort of feeling story. But yeah, it's got so much colour to it, and the colours almost, like, just pop off the page. Yes. Which is, like, 
it's almost like an it's like the opposite of what I expected. You expect it to be very dark and very grey and very sepia tone and very like not like that sort of way. And then there are like these bright greens and blues and all these colours like just pop off the page and I'm like, that's not what I expected at all from the art. Um it, it definitely grabs your attention though. Um, that's great that's great and i can't see what you're showing so if, uh, if there's anything i need to speak to on that let me know yeah so the only but, page yeah, that I'm i pulled up uh, the only page i pulled up there um at the moment i'm going to show some others but was the the cover page for issue one troublemaker okay. so like tenant standing in front of the big green thing that he fights in it excellent the, the demon the a car so yeah so yeah yes. so um so, so tenant's tales is actually um it's a huge passion project of mine and it's uh, in a universe that i've been working on for pushing two decades uh, at least 15 years uh, the it was 15 years ago that i published the first tenant related thing ever and i've got several novellas as well that are also in the same universe uh featuring tenant and what i really wanted um in uh, from the very get-go with the stories about tenant is i really wanted a very almost mignola yes uh kind of uh the graphic novel that's kind of what when i think of tenant tales in my brain that's the way i see it um and one of the things about that i love about mignola's work is that while he does it's very dark and it's and he uses shadows and blacks to a masterful level it can also be very very colorful and very beautiful i mean you look at the hellboy yeah. and hell series and mm. you're, you're you're thinking it's all going to be reds and oranges and it's not you know yeah. some of those you know are, are they're, they're beautiful yellow palettes or beautiful purple palettes and but it works and it works on yeah. so many different levels i really want to evoke that you know i don't want to copy that because i want to you know do my own thing i want to pay homage to that because i just think it's so so beautiful so that's really what I was going for with uh, Troublemaker, uh, and I have looked high and low for the for the right artist partner to be able to do this. I wish I could draw, but I can't. And so I have actually attempted four or five different times. I've got several scripts that have gone to different artists over the years, and either they just weren't hitting the numbers like I wanted to with Tenant, or have what I what I've come to lovingly refer to as uh, artist uh, uh, artist bomb out you know so where i just have artists who start off and they're super excited and they just kind of bomb they just vanish off the map and yeah. fall off your radar um but um with with this artist i just i am so very happy they they get tenant they understand the, what i'm trying to do uh even though there's a language barrier and uh it's just an amazing amazing uh, opportunity uh, to tell some stories that burning holes in my brain and they got to get out to the world so <laughs> one thing that i so i went to school for art so i love art and i'm, I'm super interested in cr creature hmm? creature design specifically hmm? I, I find it very fascinating and so i'm, I'm on I, I i read the first issue and it was awesome and i went on the website and i looked at um there's a section on there called denizens it's just huh? a character creation section and some of these characters look just amazing like it's like almost like i'm a huge anime fan like studio ghibli like i like some of some of their stuff some of their stuff is like yeah but what they do i think very well is, is is creature creation like getting like blowing your imagination with what they can put on screen and it's, this is very ghibli-esque stuff that i'm seeing it really looks really cool 
Thank you. And that's a different artist. Uh, sorry, that's a different artist from the one who I'm working on the comic with. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, that young lady, her name, uh, she goes by Hark online, and she's done a ton of concept art for me in the past. And I'd love yeah. to work with her again one day as she frees up. That's awesome. But, uh, for me, I'm a very visual writer. I've got to have, you know, I've got ideas in my head, but I've got to really see those in some form, whether it's a sketch or a fully mm -hmm. rendered illustration before I can really get into the story. And so I've got a lot of art that I have commissioned mm -hmm. over the past 15 years of different locations and denizens and, you know, people, um, places and things that, yeah. uh, that show up in Tim's Tales so that I can really write the stories from the pictures. So um, having that art and, and kind of um, taking what's in my brain, decomposing it into something that is physical that I can look at is a critical part of my creative process. Yeah. And for this story or for these stories, with all the crazy creatures, it's really, really helpful. <laughs> That's awesome. So like, uh, I don't want to, I didn't want to get too, too deep into the creative process, but so like the way that you approach Tenet is, so you have, you have ideas, obviously, of what you want it to look like before you even start writing and you're, you're presenting that to artists and then they'll, they'll hand those sketches back and then you, you kind of run with that. Yeah, so it obviously depends on the artist. I like yeah. to work. Uh, I like to work with the artist inside of kind of their comfort zone and where they yeah. like to be. And every artist is a little bit different. But typically, what I'll do is I'll write up some level of art direction, whether it's just mm -hmm. a couple of sentences. It can be a page yeah. of art direction, depending on what that artist needs. And then I give it to them. And uh, and typically, I don't even I don't even kind of say do it in X or Y medium. Do it in the medium you enjoy the most. Yeah. Because what I've found over many years of being an art director is that when I give the artist the freedom to express what they see in their brain in the medium and the way that they um, enjoy the most, yeah. then I get much better results. Yeah. And that then feeds my creative process. So That's awesome. Absolutely. And yeah, for anyone in the chat as well, we just was throwing up some of the um, some of the creatures from the website. Literally, I just went through the tenant's um, like page on the website and just like, picked some of the monsters that i like the look of some of these creatures yeah. that i thought just looked so cool and yeah that really stood out to me and by all by no means was that all of them like i've got like four five like seven pictures and like by no means is that all of the stuff that's up there and it's like and i did i get i got a kind of like we talked about like a definite hellboy vibe from it maybe like a also as well if you want to read this tv show kind of like a, a supernatural vibe of like especially in the comic where it's like tenant comes into a place where these people are dealing with one of these creatures one of these demons and like and it looks like every sort of situation is going to be a different demon presenting different challenges so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so if you're a fan of stuff like you know hellboy or like supernatural or things like that or witcher this is very much up that alley yeah. uh, some of these creatures look amazing some of the designs are gorgeous and um, I can't wait to see them actually appearing in the comic. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's nowhere near all the ones that I have. So <laughs> the, ones that you, the seven you have is nowhere near the ones that I have. But yeah, the the basic story is that um, in in the Weird War universe, and the Weird War is kind of a, an overarching umbrella where Tenet's Tales is just one small part of the stories that I want to tell. There's several others, um, but for Tenet's Tales, uh, Tenet is the story of a fallen angel who cannot lie is trying to right a wrong that he feels is the worst wrong ever uh, he he decided that he was going to side with satan he fell with the other third of the legions of angels that fell but since he's a being with free will after the fall he decided this really isn't all it was cracked up to be 
And so he decides to kind of give Satan the finger, right? And say, no, I'm going to do my thing and uh, I'm going to go help mankind. So now he's, you know, he's, um, he's hated by hell and he's hunted by heaven, but he's doing everything he can to help mankind who he feels is worthy of the creator's love and who's worthy of his help. Yeah. There's a big, big, there's a big guilt thing going on for him as well, which will be revealed That's over awesome. the course of the stories. Thank you. And, um, and, and you're right. Each story is standalone. So if you read like the novellas that I've published over on Amazon, uh, each one is standalone. It begins, we have that character progression and ends and kind of sums up. Um, and it's at different points and times in history. Uh, because Tennant is an angel, right, or a fallen angel, uh, he's immortal. So I can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden right, and tell stories. Mm. And so he, I actually have 1,600 years of detailed history uh, of Tennant's tales. And I have stories that span all the way back to the Garden of Eden and, you know, 700 BC where we see Tennant, you know, and uh, just all these stories all the way up to modern day. And um, we see things that happen in previous stories affect future stories. So I have to keep track of all that as a writer. So it's a lot of fun. Awesome. That's really cool. And it's, a good, and it's kind of cool that you get like all the history to play with as well. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, like Tennant's a fallen angel. So like he, mm-hmm. he's not going to age. He's not going to die. It's like, so like he's kind of on this journey throughout history and that's something I'm excited to see and see that kind of character development and how it's portrayed. You know, like we talked about it, like, you know, like in comics, seeing a character develop and go through an arc and grow and how things affect them. Seeing a character that's going through that journey, like over that period of time, it's, it's going to be really interesting to kind of look at and see his progression. You know? uh, and thank, thank you, Cross. And I, and I think you will really enjoy that journey because while technically Tenet can't die because he is an immortal created creature of God, um, I really hate that as a as a creative and as a writer, right? Because we talked, we were we were just talking about earlier how Off when you table. take the sting of death away, yeah, well, when you take the sting of death away, you lose a lot of opportunity for you know heightening the story, as mm-hmm. Nitro said earlier. So what I did early on is I had to figure out that problem, right, before mm-hmm. I started writing the first word. So technically, yes, Tenet can't die, but what he can do is his physical form can be destroyed. And, and I wanted to have a, 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 I wanted death to still have a sting. So what I have is a concept that I think is fairly unique in the, in the world of comics and in the world of storytelling, at least Christian storytelling, where when an immortal creature dies in the Weird War universe, they have to do what's called going before the throne. Mm-hmm. I base this on Job, where Satan himself goes before the throne of God and has to ask permission to torment Job. So in my mind, when Tenet dies, when his physical form is totally destroyed, uh, he actually has to appear before the throne of God. And he has to account everything that he has done since the last time he was before the throne. So if it was 100 years, you know, if he's been uh, knocking around Earth for 100 years, he goes before the throne, he's got to make up for the last 100 years. He's got to recount his tale. Mm. But But here's the problem. Number one, everything he tells you know, before the throne, he forgets. Okay? okay. And it takes almost as long to tell the tale as it does to live the life. If you imagine if you had to go and tell somebody every moment of your life, it would, you know, for the last eight hours, it would probably take about, you know, seven or eight hours, mm-hmm. right? So when you go before the throne, there is a period of time on earth where you're not around. So I mean, you uh, may be gone, you may be absent for 60 years. 
And then when you return to earth, you don't remember anything that you did before oh, you went okay. to the throne. Mm. So what that leads to is now when our hero returns, he may not remember bargains that he's made. He may not remember enemies that he has made or deals that he has struck or mm. promises that he's made, which leads, which leads to the phenomenon that we see in history of tomes of knowledge and grim wars and hidden scrolls and all these secret stashes of knowledge. It's actually, uh, in, in my world, it's like, for instance, Tennant is taking notes and he's storing them up so that when he gets back to Earth, if he can remember where those notes are, he can go back and read up and catch up to figure out where he was when he left off. So there's this constant... There's this constant kind of interplay of, you know, kind of putting up stores, you know, in case I have to go before the throne, in case I'm hurt, um, and doing the job that I have before me. So, That's a really cool concept. It. I really, I really like that. And yeah, in my head, I'm almost thinking like it sounds familiar, but it's like it's different things in my head. I like there's stuff that kind of touches on it, mm-hmm. but I'm like I can't think of a thing of like where I've actually heard it in that way before. Yeah. It's very interesting, very unique, and and you're right. It changes the stakes. It's a really unique way to change the stakes because because I'll be honest. When you said it at first, like that, okay, tenant can't die, and I was like, okay, so tenant's going to be, you know, it's going to be a case of like it's going to add to his guilt. Like he's going to be like he can't die, but like we see in the comic, he's actually fighting off this demon for a family who's being tormented by it. So if he fails, they die. That adds to his guilt, and I'm like, no, you've went so deeper than that and it's like it's just phenomenal idea right. of like you know if he dies like he can be gone for this length of time and then come back and come back to face enemies come back to meet people who are calling in like favors meet all these things like and he's got no clue about any of it and it's like it's this whole exactly. new level of stuff and i'm like that's a really cool concept i really like that it's a really interesting concept Thank you. yeah it really does it- it gives me a lot of new toys to play with as a storyteller. Um, and there are even times where we'll see Tenet and he comes back and he's deceived by an enemy and he winds up working for the wrong side for a while. You know, he winds up being a bad guy for a while, but not because he wants to be bad, but just because he's caught at the wrong moment and he's fed the yeah. wrong, just the perfect lie to, to shift his momentum. And so as a storyteller, it gives me a lot of opportunity to do a lot of cool things, but it also is a tremendous burden on me there's another big personal peeve that I have is consistency in storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want something to happen in issue, you know, say three, that say this thing or tenant does X, Y, or Z that he can't say or do later on. So there's yeah. this element of consistency. And so I have to take really good notes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so I just want to jump over with our chat. There's shout out to Tim, the blue mage. Thank you so much for that follow. Welcome to the comic clan. Thank you for stopping by for our interview with Brandon today. Absolutely appreciate you being here. Hope you enjoy the show. Um, but yeah, like this, absolutely. this comic was a really intriguing one to read. Like Tenet is a really, it's a really intriguing character. He's a really interesting yeah, perception. And, and when I first started reading about it, it was like, you know, I didn't get, it was kind of like I said when we were doing our interview on Friday, like I, I kind of read the comic without knowing the blurb of it or the backstory of it or, 
you know, it wasn't like I seen the comic and then was like, okay, oh yeah, we need to get this guy in the show. Like, I got the comic without any of that. So, like, I started finding out about Tenet, like, the fact that he was a fallen angel from this blurb and a bit of this story that it's like Hellboy yeah. and the Witcher and this was like the description of it from this blurb. So, I started getting all of that after. So, I literally went into this blind. Like, I had no idea what to, what was coming when you sent me this comic. I just knew it was Tenet's tale. And that was it. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't That's know what was going to happen. And and yeah, it's a really enjoyable yeah. story. Like right off the bat, it was enjoyable to kind of read. And it was like, and it, it I'll be honest, like it feels short. Like issue one, like reading it, it's like it feels short. Like because you're like, you're like, okay, we're getting going. I want to see what happens next. I want to delve into the next part because like he fights the thing, he goes and talks to the family, and then that's it. It's done. And it's like, right. Right. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for like, I'm ready for issue two now. I almost wish it was like a, I wish it was a trade or a graphic novel. Like, I want, I want the next part of the story. You know, it's like, but that's an yeah, amazing I do too. thing. I do too. You know what? Yeah. One thing that I thought was really cool, and I know we were talking about it a little, a little bit before the the stream. Brandon was uh so I've always been like fascinated by spiritual war, and like I've done a lot of research in it and stuff like that. You know, principalities and powers and things like that, and. Obviously, there's principalities and powers and dominions on, on one side. The same is true on the other side. But one thing that I thought was really cool that you had called out is, you know, again, you were talking about this a little bit before, but angels have free will, right? Or else they wouldn't have been able to decide to turn their backs on God. Um, so in that same vein, the, the angels who decided to follow Lucifer at one point in time can choose not to <laughs> you know and they can kind of make up their own mind and do so there's like factions within factions it's i thought it was a really cool concept Absolutely. that i've never heard really done or touched on before yeah i i appreciate that and uh and, and I, i'm actually not the first to do it c.s lewis did it um but um i think it's on very very firm logical grounds but mm -hmm. to me it, uh, i i struggle with wanting to be able to tell certain stories but i don't want to ever contradict scripture and so yeah. For me, I felt like this was kind of a weasel kind of way of getting around that, you know, and kind of playing in the gray space between mm -hmm. the lines. But but to me, yeah, I mean, it's, it's logical that when you have a creature who has free will and they yeah. make a bad decision, it doesn't mean they have to keep deciding to do those bad things, which leads then to fallen angels who decide to still follow Lucifer, right, yeah. and still do bad things and try and hurt people. But also guys like Tenet who decide, no, I'm going to side with the light, and even though the light hates me, I'm still going to try and, you know, do what God says is correct. And then you also have neutrals right, who were like, we don't want a part of the weird war. We have yeah. nothing to do with this fight of good versus evil. So I'm going to have Bigfoot, you know, as a fallen who's decided, you yeah. know what, I'm, I'm fighting with nature. I'm just I'm walking around in the woods trying to mind my own business. <laughs> exactly. And so Bigfoot will show up in attendance oh, at some awesome. point, Lord willing. You know, so to go back to Cross's point, uh, I appreciate it, and I think that's really maybe a testament to my writing, but uh, a testament how poor marketer I am. So <laughs> I need to get the word out, the word out better. But I would also love to see it as a graphic novel. But for me, I'm funding all this right now out of my back pocket. So, oh yeah, uh, art, art is expensive, and that kind of yeah. goes back to my plug for you guys at the beginning of the show, and that it's really critical that people who enjoy these stories that they support those creators, mm -hmm. uh, and that they vote with their dollar because. I mean, you know, if I had, you know, people buying, you know, if I had thousands of sales on this thing, then yeah, I would, you better believe I'm working on the, the sequel in the next, uh, the next chapter of the story. Mm -hmm. um, I am actually working on a four, a short, uh, six page, actually a little six page comic um, that is kind of an overarching 
kind of a unique little comic. I, I challenged myself to write a comic with four words. And okay. so I've written a six page comic with only using four words in a very unique way. Wow. But it tells tells you something about Tenet pretty much from the moment of the fall to the current day. Oh wow. Uh, and and Lord willing it'll be pretty pretty impactful because uh it uh, everybody that reads it just kinda goes, Whoa. So hopefully it will be something visually that will be stunning as well. So that's the next thing that'll be coming out for Tenet. Although awesome. I am considering maybe doing a, a Indiegogo or Kickstarter or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, if you say to do that, just let us know. We would happily yeah, love to help you plug that and get that yeah. out there, definitely. I mean, as guys who are in the know, I would love to know if you guys thought if a Kickstarter, you know, for something like Tennis Tales would, would it have legs? Do you think so, it would you think it would go? Very so possibly, yeah. Like, supported, like, Kickstarter comics before, or Indiegogo comics before, rather. <laughs> do, um, we, do we have to talk about that, really? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we won't mention the, the actual comic, um, but it is successful because... Uh, they lured us in, but yes, um, if it's, I, I think, I think what, I think what you have is is good. Yeah, I think like Indiegogo is a place where a lot of stuff can happen. I think Tenet's Hill's got enough of a leg on it. If you can get enough of the information out there to grab people, and we'll definitely help push it. Like it's, okay. it's definitely a possibility. Cool. Yeah, you know, it's like a, it's definitely something that could work. Um, so to kind of move into some of the yeah, other stuff, I would... um, I did want to kind of touch on another one of the topics out there because like. One of the other things we were going to mention was the story of Divine Nine, and I kind of want to bring this one up next specifically, because like some of the images on the website, do I see Tenant in the background of some of the Divine Nine stuff? Oh, I just noticed you that. You do. It's like because yeah. I saw Divine Nine and I pulled some of the pictures off the website, and then I went, "Wait a minute, that's te- that's Tenant standing in the back." I'm like, "Wait a minute," I'm like interconnected universe that I wasn't expecting there, Divine Nine and Tenant yeah. crossover. So I'm going to. If you actually scroll down, if you scroll into the bottom, there's uh, pictures of some of the bad guys and stuff in the Divine Nine universe, and Tenet's down there as well. He's hiding down there. But but yeah, you're exactly right, Cross. So the Divine Nine is also set in my Weird War universe, uh, and again, uh, Divine Nine, the the original conception of that was a little bit different than the show. I originally conceived of that probably about twelve or thirteen years ago, um, and it was somewhat the same slightly different but it's i've transformed it to hopefully be an animated uh show that kind of is a ben 10 meets avatar the last airbender um when you work when you're working on an idea for a show or a comic you have to always consider who's who's this show for right who's the market absolutely Uh, originally everything i was writing was kind of for you know the older teen the you know the 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 young married guy you know kind of my age i'm that's who i was writing for but Divine Nine is uh, is going to be for like nine to thirteen year olds. So I kind of okay. shifted the story a little bit, and uh, it is a, a story of a, a couple of fraternal twins, Demi and Davy Bello, um, who uncover these uh, strange seals, these old like artifacts, um, and uh, they contain um, these bound spirits um, that wind up being something called the Divine Nine. Uh, and they're journeying around the globe uncovering secrets about these mysterious seals while also trying to find their parents who uh, vanish under some circum, uh, cir- suspect circumstances in the first episode. So uh, so that's a show that I'm writing currently. Uh, I've gotten um, the first 10 episodes outlined and I'm working on scripts and uh, we got the pitch done. And uh, hopefully soon we can find some production dollars and go make that. That'll be a 2D animated series, Lord willing. 
So. Awesome. Um, I just want to shout out again to um, Not That Adam, who's been an absolute beast in the chat here. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for that gifted sub. He has gifted a sub to Mingo Boys. Thank you so much for that and making them part of the Stan Clan. And also saying, if you can say there's me and C.S. Lewis, that's not only good company, but setting a standard for storytelling. Yeah, for real. Which, absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely so. Um, but for Divine Nine, like yeah, like it's it's a really intriguing thing. I can, can definitely see like the Ben Ten thing with the creatures and stuff like that. Just even you saying that, though, like the fraternal twins and stuff, and like all these different creatures and things, like, and then even like the design, like if I throw up the picture again, like it's the main picture for Divine Nine, like with the circle with the symbols on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie, like yep. with all of that stuff combined, the thing that stands out in my head, and I'm I'm kind of obsessed with the show, so it may be why it stands out to me, but I'm 100% <laughs> thinking Gravity Falls. I'm literally okay, thinking okay. like the fraternal twins, the the creatures, the different things that aren't quite of this world, like even okay. like Bill Cipher's circle from that, like it's very much got elements of that. I'm like, that sounds a little gravity falls, and that's meant in the best compliment in the world. I I'm obsessed with that show. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I couldn't I couldn't speak to that. I've never seen Gravity Falls. <laughs> um, I don't do a lot of a lot of tv watching uh, again as uh, cross said earlier if you follow our twitter follow our social media you see i'm constantly uh posting stuff and i'm out there writing scripts so uh, i just don't do a lot of tv watching i might do you know an hour a day if that with my wife and typically we don't watch gravity falls well i don't think i've ever seen it mm -hmm. um so it may be similar i couldn't i couldn't draw any inspiration from it because i've never laid eyes on it but uh i thank you for that comparison so. No, definitely meant it's a compliment and just, you know, that's just from my looking at it, just for anyone in the chat, if you are fans of that, like, it definitely has that feel to it. It looks, it looks like a really interesting show, like, just in terms of the idea of it, I think it could be quite interesting. Like, even again, the creature design, like in the second picture I pulled up there, we get a better look at some of the creatures and stuff, and like, you can very much tell that it's, you know, similar creature design to like we see for Tenet's Tale, that there's definitely yeah. this amazing creature design element that's going through the different works. Um, and you said you've got about you've got about ten episodes lined out so far. Like, yes, the first season I've got the first season outlined uh, for Divine Nine, um, and uh, we meet essentially one of the new one of the new nine uh, in each episode, and so we kind of have a you know a summary at the end that kind of wraps everything up. Uh, so we got nine or ten episodes of that uh, currently outlined. I'm writing scripts for that as well. So awesome sorry i was plugging up my charger but the the no creature problem. design should look kind of familiar because again it's in the same universe and um and uh, a little kind of spoiler there several of those monster designs are actually um kind of repurposed designs that i took from uh, a role-playing game that i designed back in the day about huh. 10 years ago oh nice so part of a we're part of a card-based role-playing game that i co-developed and uh, had a company that was selling and I love those designs so much. I'm like, those need to be in Divine Nine. So uh -huh. I took those designs, which I own, and dropped them into to Divine Nine. So that's awesome. That's a good. Hey, not a bad place to pull them from. That's really awesome. And <laughs> um, so, just as I kind of said, like in the background of that first image, you can definitely see Tenant part of there. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. do we see any sort of crossover between Tenant and oh. Divine Nine? And what does that crossover look like? Is it just kind of hints that it's the same world or are we going to see interactions between them or no uh, yeah you'll actually absolutely see interactions between tenet and between demi and davy so tenet's this kind of um in divine nine he's kind of a shadowy uh kind of figure who's playing around the scenes or on the edges of the scenes initially and 
um, for the first several episodes, you don't even know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. And that's done on purpose. Um, but eventually he becomes an ally of our main characters uh, who's not in every episode, but he shows up when he's needed, which is kind of Tenet's stick. Yeah. Uh, you know, he kind of shows up where he feels like he needs to be and, uh, and does whatever he needs to do to help out, whether that be fighting or providing information or truth. Uh, or you know, uh, helping out at a moment's notice or things of that nature. But he's in he's in uh, at least the first uh, two episodes that I've already written. Um, in some manner, we see him a little bit. So awesome! That's really cool. Like, I love the fact that you've already kind of like you said you've got this like interconnected universe, but we're already mm -hmm. seeing that in properties and crossovers like that. Right. Like it's right. really Absolutely. interesting. Um, yeah, he won't, be, he won't be in everything that's Weird War related, but he'll be in almost everything that I've done. So, and yeah. a lot of the stuff that I've written um, over and published over on Amazon as well is also in the Weird War universe. Although casual reader might not know it, but just about everything I've ever written exists in my mind at least at some point in that universe. And so, it'll be easy to draw connections um, when the time comes. Because it sounds very um, like Stephen King interconnected sort of universe. Like not everything you're fully aware is interconnected, but technically it's interconnected if you look deep enough. Sort of feel into it. Absolutely, and that was one of the things that for me as a as a, a viewer and a consumer of entertainment, those are the things that I love the most. Right, I love those little those little Easter eggs that we yes. see in the Marvel in the Marvel movies, or those little call outs to other other moments or other places or other times in the whole connected universe so you better believe i'm building all that stuff in uh, there's actually i won't i won't say it's actually connected to the weird war universe but there's actually a tenant cameo in the cubekins show believe it or not oh, nice. and cubekins <laughs> well that, <laughs> wow cubekins is about to get really dark <laughs> Like, it's not it's not what you would expect i was going to say is like like i've watched some of this stuff from cubekins like i've watched on youtube and stuff and i'm like that doesn't seem like the show where i'd expect tenet to show up i must be honest with you it's, it doesn't feel like where he <laughs> like that's a he doesn't show up in a he doesn't show up in a typical manner so i'll just say that <laughs> i'm gonna say yeah that's it that's about to get very different um i did what i did want to ask you about divine nine and so like we already kind of talked about in Tenet's Tale, you've got all these amazing, like wonderful creatures. Like that's kind of part of the shtick for, for Tenet is he's hunting these creatures, these demons, he's fending them off, protecting humanity. Um, sometimes working, sometimes working with. Sometimes he doesn't fight them. Um, sometimes he actually has to work with them and kind of utilize their talents, even though even though they're fallen, in order to get what he needs. So, mm -hmm. so it's not always combat. So. How are we going to see a difference then between like those sorts of creatures compared to something like Divine Nine, where it's like we've got these Divine Nine creatures? Like, how are they going to be portrayed differently? And are we going to see any sort of juxtaposition of them? Of like, this is these creatures here, and then this is like the the, the Nine over here, and like, are they going to? I don't want to say almost like clash with each so, other, but you know. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously, visually, there'll be, you know, differences because the Divine Nine show is for a younger age bracket than, say, a Tenant's Tales. Um, so, so visually, they'll be depicted, but, but there's absolutely, you know, a one-to-one -one correlation. So, um, one of the creatures, you know, that shows up in Divine Nine um, could absolutely, you know, show up in a Tenant's Tale, but it would look, you know, a little bit more scary, you know, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little bit more gruesome just because of the depiction of that creature. 
Um, but it's the same universe, so the same creatures exist in both. Um, however, uh, in Divine Nine, the emphasis isn't so much on, on monster hunting and, and fighting monsters. Emphasis is more on uh, kind of sleuthing um, and, you know, discovering new secrets and new knowledge and uncovering information about ourselves um, and overcoming challenges that are presented by some of these kind of fiendish creatures. Yeah. So there, um, that is kind of where we get into more some of the organizations that Nitro was referring to. So, uh, for instance, in the, um, in the third episode of Divine Nine, we're in Cairo, in Egypt, and um, the Demi and Davy are going to run into an organization, actually a couple of organizations that is uh, they are prevalent in the Weird War universe. One is called the Brotherhood of Belial, um, which Belial is from the Bible. It means falsehood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other is the Soterian Sisterhood. And so the Brotherhood of Belial is actually a, a group of um, kind of fanatics, uh, re- almost uh, pseudo-religious fanatics, who are are in the know about the supernatural so they understand that there are these creatures that are out there and they actually um uh, try and uh, assume um abilities of those supernatural creatures in order to become more powerful oh, wow. so early on it was things like interbreeding right with the with the nephilim right mm-hmm. so um it would have been things of that nature but now it's even gotten to since we're in the 20th century or 21st century in divine nine the Brotherhood of Belial even goes and captures supernatural creatures and does genetic manipulation on them and gene splicing with themselves in order to wow. then manifest, you know, these new powers, these new abilities so that they can be more powerful. That's and so crazy. they're they're after the nine. They're they're trying to capture the seals because that's like a contained entity that they can experiment on. So they're chasing the the Bello siblings, trying to get the, the seals from them. And there's a kind of a counter organization called the Soterian Sisterhood um, that is based out of the Greek goddess Sotera. Um, and they believe that um, any kind of supernatural, any kind of item or weapon that has supernatural power is too powerful for mankind to have access to. So they're all about gathering up these things and hiding them away under lock and key, keeping them out of the wrong hands. Uh, so Terra is a, a goddess uh, in Greek mythology who is over hidden knowledge. That's kind okay. of her domain. And so um, you have these kind of two organizations that both want the seals from the kids, but they want them for different reasons. Hmm. And so that's more of the kind of stuff that we'll see most of the time uh, in Divine Nine, but there will uh, occasionally be kind of a, you know, a kind of cameo of a really big bad guy, maybe some sort of demonic creature or, uh, you know, thing that's kind of pulling the strings you know behind the scenes okay yeah i don't care if the show's meant to be pitched till like 90 13 year olds i'm all in for this i want to yeah. see this show this sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> this sounds amazing i like i want to watch this oh, yeah, yeah me too <laughs> so, anybody with money out there give me a call so we can make the show so <laughs> if i had money i would unfortunately I don't. <laughs> but but that that honestly sounds way, right? that sounds amazing. That honestly sounds like such a yeah, phenomenal show. Really like cool. I'm, I'm all for that. That sounds like a phenomenal show. Like I I think that could awesome. the potential awesome. be something really great. Honestly, again, I want to write it so that the show works on several different levels. Right? There's got to be a level of drama, and there's got to be a level of you know of threat. You know that, that gets the kind of nine year olds, but there also needs to be these subtle kind of in uh implied uh you know threats that are going to work mentally on your 13 year olds and older so you know 
while the kids might be like, ooh, that's a scary looking ninja with a tentacle coming out of his arm. Yeah. We know kind of behind the scenes from the dialogue, from the exposition, again, good screenwriting, about what the, the bigger threat is if these guys get a hold of these seals. Yeah. Know? So, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just want to shout out to the chat again quickly. Again, thank you to Not That Adam with another gifted sub to Digar89. Thank you so much for bringing them to be part of the Stan clan. Um, he also said that he's uh, making sure his wife checks this podcast out later. Says she's a Christian creative and I think she'd find multifacets of the interview encouraging. So I'm so glad that she'll find awesome. it encouraging stuff and find encouragement from what Brandon's talking about. That's awesome. And then also, thank Absolutely. you for Rusted Crown for the follow. Welcome to the Comic Clan. We're so glad you could come in and join us. Hope you're enjoying the show. Um, yeah, so much stuff's going on in this chat when we're talking. <laughs> That's why we should have crap. I'm yeah. trying to keep keep my keep it up keep it up <laughs> yeah i said nitro's like answering back as much as you can in the chat there so i appreciate that brother and um, but yeah divine nine sounds like an absolutely phenomenal show and um, i want to keep delving into it but i'm very aware of our time so i do want to kind of push forward a little bit into the, the at least the other big main ones that we were talking about um or that we wanted to cover was fourth world four um, which is another one that's got a comic coming out and also has a 3D animated show that's getting worked on. Um, so I wanted to delve into that. Can you tell us a little bit about Fourth okay. World 4 and what we can expect from that one? Yeah, absolutely. I would like to comment just a little bit about the comic that we've got coming out for Divine Nine. We talked about the show a lot. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. You did uh, say there was a comic for that one. Apologies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no issues. Um, we're working with a wonderful organization, uh, uh, a team of brilliant Christian creatives out of El Salvador uh, called Mercy Ways. Oh, nice. uh, oh yeah, I know Mercy Ways. Company. Yeah, they've, they've reached out to us a few yeah. times and stuff. That's awesome. And stay tuned. There's more things coming uh, between Brainy Pixel and Mercy Ways, but I'll just kind of tease that out there. I can't say more about that right now. But uh, we're, we're collaborating on a Divine Nine comic that actually – um, goes back in time. So the Divine Nine show will take place kind of modern day, you know, the 21st century. These seals have existed ever since uh, ever since Solomon's time, so the o Old Testament. And so we wanted to do a comic, but we wanted to do a comic that told a little bit more about these seals and gave us some more insight into their backstory. And so uh, I've written uh, an outline, working on the script currently, where we go back to the fall of Jerusalem in 97 A.D., where Rome came in, and um, and uh, there were also several other things. It was Rome and several other factions of you know the interwarring Jewish populace. And Rome, uh, when uh, when they came in, and Jerusalem fell, and the um, the the seals are in Jerusalem at this time. They're held there in the temple, and so the high priest is like, we've got to get this and the other icons of you know Jewish worship, such as the menorah and mm -hmm. you know all the other uh, things that the ark and things like that. And he's like, we got to get these out of here. And so it's the story of how those seals are taken from Jerusalem and they get scattered all across the globe where eventually uh, where they wind up, where we then have to go and find them in Divine Nine. So we kind of tell the backstory of how those seals got there. And it's a fun uh, adventure. Or And each each story will kind of harken back to uh, the Divine Nine show. So that's awesome. awesome that's a really cool concept for it though because it'd be so easy to just kind of stick to the modern day and it'd be so easy to kind of do that same story in the comics but to take that time to delve into the history of it and to delve into like this bigger world of this aspect of it like that's a really great concept for it 
and i think it'll, it's a really good idea for like world building just to dive that little bit further you know yeah and and, and that's what we're all about at brainy pixels we want to tell we want to show the world first of all that christian creatives can make amazing content right that can we can bring story we can bring the visuals if if you just give us a shot right and Amen. we know that a lot of people have gotten shots in the past and and they've they've not done the best job um, we look at everything we create as an offering to our king and mm -hmm. so we're bringing the absolute best we can bring in terms of storytelling in terms of visual presentation whether it's in the paper form digital form or it's you know a, a film or a movie so it's, fun, it's funny you, it's funny you talk about that because like i feel like we've had we've had similar conversations on the stream with with other people that we've interviewed dr baron bell for one who's a mm -hmm. Who's a um, professor at Liberty University? Teaches comic book creation. Um, I'm good. I'm good friends with Baron, actually. Yeah, he's awesome dude. And we have had this conversation where you know when I was younger and I was just getting into the faith, you know, I would go into the bookstore and like I loved comics. Obviously, I loved art and I loved all things geek culture. And I I saw that they had a comic book section in the in 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 the bookstore in the Bible bookstore. I was like, holy crap! I didn't know that this existed. And then I right. actually picked them up and I was like. Ah, got it. So I'll put it right back. On. Yeah, it's like so oh. to, to your point though. Like there are like crazy talented people who just happen to be Christians, and just being able to see them put that talent to use to tell very interesting stories. That's why, like some of the stuff you're talking about, like like I've read the stuff that we had for for the interview and stuff like that. But ha having you put context on it and filling in the details, it makes me super excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad. And, and again, that's what we're passionate about doing here. We're going to do it to the best of our ability as long as we can, as long as the Lord wills it. So, um, But back to, back to Cross, back to uh, Fourth World 4. So Fourth World 4 is um, uh, a sci-fi action uh, 3D show that we're working on. Uh, we kind of pitch it as the Fantastic Four meets Star Trek. Uh, the basic story is um, it's far-flung Earth future where we've actually terraformed Mars into four different regions, Arctic, Arid, temperate and uh and temperate and tropic um and we got these four scientists who were actually um um kind of orbiting in a in a spaceship they're orbiting mars running some tests trying to figure out a problem and they get struck with some sort of cosmic event that flings them to the far side of the galaxy and transforms their bodies very similar story right um the, this is a faith broad um show so what we're doing is um because when you start talking about aliens uh, in conjunction with the Bible, you very quickly run into a very prickly eschatological problem, right? And that is, Jesus didn't come and die for aliens. He came and died for people. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as you introduce aliens, you kind of have to deal with that question. If you're couching it in a world where there is a Jesus and where there's, you know, a God. So what we've decided to do is that we don't talk about Jesus in this show. We don't talk about the Bible. But what we do is we base every show that we're writing on Scripture. Um, and we kind of uh, build on that message and we build layers so that it is palatable to someone who might not understand scripture, um, mm -hmm. but they absolutely are going to be engaged and involved and excited about the story. And then we can use that story as a platform then to talk about things of scripture. So we can have follow on products, we can have Bible studies, which I'm already writing. Um, that connect different parts of the show, different moments in the show, different dialogue in the show directly to scripture so we're kind of uh reverse engineering scripture into the show if you would um we do refer to something called the supreme 
um but that's that's the way we couch it we don't explain it we just some of the characters will refer to you know thank the supreme that those aliens didn't bite my leg off or whatever um but that's the only way that we have any sort of spiritual kind of context in in the show itself um the reason we did that was one to avoid the eschatological issue and two we understand as a studio that we've got to be able to pitch things right and oftentimes you'll go into a pitch meeting and you may pitch say a cubkins which maybe is your you know flagship product and they may say well we're not really interested in that what else do you got um and they may even say we're not interested in anything with jesus in it what else you got and we want to have something mm -hmm. that is moral and ethical and is biblically based and is very very strong in terms of the ethos that we believe as christians mm -hmm. but that may still yeah. appeal to a broader audience and so yeah. that's kind of what fourth world four is all about absolutely and i think that's honestly a really smart thing to do to not have a full not to say like a full-blown christian idea out there like that because you want to make it appealing to other people like kind of like what nitro mentioned like you know going to the you know the christian bookstores or going to the you know and seeing like the comic books there and like either you got these really like crappy superhero comics or you got basically graphic novel bible yeah pretty much and that was it and i'm like you're not going to draw people in with that stuff no. all the time because you need to be appealing to others as well i mean that's kind of like what we do in this show like we don't shy away from the fact that we're christian we've been completely open about that you know comics and the cross it pretty much says it in the title yeah. you know yeah. we are christians we offer like in our chat we've got a pop-up that says like if you guys want to talk about stuff if you've got prayers or discord has got prayer request sections yeah if you've got questions you can pop them into the questions about god section and we're quite happy to talk about that but we don't host like a bible study on the show we don't do like a monday night bible sure, study sure. where i sit here and go through that because we want to create an environment that creates an atmosphere of the love of god and brings people in and shows people like Absolutely. this is you know like we're christians but we're normal people too like we love comic yeah. books we love geek culture we can talk about that and stuff <laughs> you know it's like exactly. at least we don't and think we are that, no, we're definitely we're definitely weirdos. We're just the right kind of weirdos. <laughs> we're redeemed. We're redeemed weirdos, right? Um, so, but that's exactly right. Cross is that we've got as Christians, we've got to change. We got to change the perception, right? In that, in that while Christ permeates our life, it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy a comic book, right? You know. We, we definitely have to decide what things we're going to glorify and what things we're going to, you know, support with our dollars, with our time, with our efforts. But it doesn't mean we can't read a Marvel comic, right? Or it doesn't mean we, uh, you know, can't, uh, I don't know, uh, eat strawberries, right? I mean, there's, there's lots of things that Christians can do that aren't bad, right? Yeah. And so it, that's critical as, as Christians that we have to, like you said, we have to show the love of God. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to be in the world, but not of the world. Um, but it doesn't mean uh, that we can't have passions and we can't enjoy good stories. I mean, the Bible is. It's the best story ever written, mm -hmm. you know, about the greatest event ever written. And so there's no excuse for Christians to be poor on storytelling. So. Oh, hold on. There we go. A good input there from um, Not That Adam actually he says, I teach intro to theology. I had to give a student permission to watch Marvel because they thought it was a form of idolatry. And it's like well, and it, and it can be 
right? If if everything you do is Marvel and and you you know you don't read your Bible and you wake up every morning and turn on Disney and you only watch Marvel and you ignore your kids and because it's the new Marvels coming out, then that is idolatry. Right? Yeah. Anything that we put before anything we put before God, but that could be like I said, that could be uh, for me. It's video games. Right? Mm. I have a huge problem with video games. Can't play video games. Super addictive. They're like my crack cocaine. And I almost flunked out of college because of video games. And if and if I allowed myself to partake of even a commercial or video game, it's that bad. I can't even watch a video game commercial. Wow. Then it would become an idol in my life. I would do only video games. I would not go to work. I would I would ignore my wife. I would ignore my children. Video games would become an idol for me. So I've had to say, no video games in my life at all, ever, because I can't accept an idol in my life that comes before my God. Yeah, and it can be it can be anything. So. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you need to make that decision. You know, you need to make sure that you're not putting something before Christ. Like, you know, Christ first, and then like, you know, like I love comic books, I love Marvel, I love video games, I love all those sorts of things. But, but Christ is in my life. I've got a wife, I've got kids, I've got all these things that require my attention. I've got a job I need to work. I've got, you know, even doing this, doing a show. This is now a job, and on the side as well, you know. But it's you can't delve into that stuff if it becomes an idol, and it's like Marvel within itself is not an evil thing, but it can yeah, be if you have right. that alone There's it yourself. Thing. But but I understand what you're saying as well, sure. though. Like there's some people who would be like that. Nah, superheroes are getting glorified. They're doing all this stuff. No, you can't touch it. And it's like you need to make the decision for yourself what you're comfortable with. You know, kind of like you know, kind of like the world of Harry Potter. Like, you have to make yeah, a decision absolutely. for yourself in that, you know. Yeah. It's like, you have to make a decision. There's some Christians that are wholeheartedly, I will not watch it, I will not read it, I will not do it because it's wizards and witchcraft. Yeah. And, but you have to make yeah. the decision what's okay for you, which you feel like is too much and too far over the line. And, you know, for some people, yeah, there is things. Like you said, you can't even really watch a, a commercial for a video game. You know, it's like, and it's going to be too much, and so I'm not going to ask you to like tune in when we play games on the stream. You know, it's like it's yeah. not something we're going to do. It's like, but you can ask, I just won't join. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's like you need to make the decision for yourself in some of those things, definitely. And I, I, absolutely, I mean, there are things that are clearly called out in Scripture that we shouldn't do, right? So you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't murder people, right? Got yeah, it. no problem. But there are other things that you know we have to discern, right? You know, the, the 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 Holy Spirit gives us a spirit of discernment, and so we have to be able to discern. Okay, I know that is territory I shouldn't venture into, or else I will fall, right? And mm -hmm. um, we have to we have to police ourselves, but also be in a body of believers that we can hold be held accountable. You know, and, and like you guys, you know, we're all now part of the same body. So yeah. if you see me online streaming, you know, and I'm, on my Discord, I'm playing a video game. You better email me and say, get off. So <laughs> that's a problem for Brandon. So. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. And so you're just looking at our time just to kind of pull it back to Fourth World 4. And so, yeah, this is going to be a new 3D animation one that you're looking at. You're delving into the world of sci-fi the world of aliens the world of space and um, it's not going to necessarily have like mention of god and jesus and that aspect of christianity but we're going to be delving into lessons from the bible though we're going to delve into that yes, side of things um, yeah, and yeah we're dealing with 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 concepts that resonate with scripture uh, and that are based upon and built out of scripture so every single the place we start 
with every single uh, episode that we've written and uh, we've written uh, nine of these so far um, and these are like uh, 30 minute scripts so this a fair amount of work um, every single one of them is tied back to scripture um, and uh, we've also got a comic in work as well it's going to be a 12 page comic um, that kind of is a little vignette um, all these are going to be episodic so they don't necessarily connect you can watch them in any order or read them in any order and so we've got a comic uh, as well coming out that's being drawn by an amazing guy from Russia that I just can't wait uh, until it comes out and uh, we're able to show you guys so. yeah I'm showing some of the, the images from the comic that you had sent me and awesome. just on stream awesome. there now and just like yeah the art is just is beautiful it's like the art is Thank phenomenal you. for this you know what I mean it's like and there's definitely good points to tenets art but like this art just really like wow this is really well it's a, it's a totally different style and yeah so I it's to go with a different artist you know it needs to have a different it needs to have its own look yeah it's it's, own look and, feel. and I mean you can get it just even looking at it it's like you like where tenants got that kind of gritty look to it like you can look at fourth world four and it's like it's absolutely got that big feeling to it that boom impact of something big that you would expect from like a big sci-fi thing um Excellent. so as we're drawing we're, well we're over the two hour mark at this point mm -hmm. um i wanted to delve um lastly into we had some um stuff that you sent us about an upcoming project and um, some images that are not really being released as of yet but you did you were kind enough to send me some to be able to share with our community and um, how yeah, much of sure. if you can share a little bit about this upcoming project and how much you can share about it yeah. i don't know how deep you can even delve into it at this point yeah, absolutely so we've released the logo for this it's a little it's a little show um or a little series called heaven's hammers and this was actually a direct response to some folks that were interested in tenants tales but they thought it was a little too dark and too gritty which is the, the problem with a story like that is you know for christians it can be um okay that's that's too dark you know it's too gritty but i want something more you know more christian but you know not like the world so uh, I created this little uh, comic idea or this little pitch called Heaven's Hammers, which in my mind is essentially, uh, it's like a DC Trinity or Avengers Prime, um, you know, but it's Christian. And so the basic story is that we've got a group of three angels and their mission is really simple. Go kick in the teeth of the bad guys, right? So Dude, go, help go help humans and go uh, you know, kick in the teeth of the demons. Take the fight to them. They are literally the hammers of heaven. And so um, I'm really excited about this. Um, I'm also working on this project with uh, Mercy Ways out of El Salvador. Um, Ivan is doing some amazing work for me. And these are just like preliminary, just him getting in the zone sketches. Yeah, we've, and, uh, we've shown some of Ivan's work on the show before. He was the guy in Nitro that we showed some of like the David and Goliath comic he sent us some previews for. Oh, and like his, yeah. his artwork is just is beautiful. He's a phenomenal artist. Yep, I cannot wait to see this stuff. And I've written um, uh, a little four-page comic um, on this that we're doing just as kind of a sample, a teaser, something we can put out uh, again. So maybe we can, you know, kickstart or Indiegogo and get some funds to make it a reality. Um, and we're we're thinking about if if this thing gets legs, then we may you know turn it into a show as well. So we've always got that option being an animation and production studio. So. Dude, this uh, that, is fantastic. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just had to no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Um, I think I sent over some of uh, Ivan's recent stuff that actually just came in last night, hot off the presses. And then I've got a couple of character pieces in there as well, um, I believe. Didn't I send you two, Cross? Yeah, so like the one I've got up in the stream right now, first of all, is the 
one of the first character pieces of the angel in the gold armor with the big okay. wings spread um and then the second character piece we've got here the one that i described as the more biblical <laughs> description of an angel as weird looking creature with eyes all over it and not quite humanoid <laughs> So, yeah, that first character, uh, the guy with gold armor, or the angel with gold armor, is uh, Halem, uh, and he's the leader of our kind of uh, uh, our, our triune uh, angel team, and he's kind of the Superman uh, meets Thor kind of analog, okay. you know, for, for this particular series. Mm -hmm. I've got another couple of characters. One is called Ear, and she is kind of like the Wonder Woman Batman uh, analog, and then I've got another called Legon. Who is kind of our heavy? So that's kind of like our, you know, our um, our Iron Man, or, or I guess Iron Man and Batman, and then our Wonder Woman and Cap kind of analog, and uh, he's kind of our tank. And then the the purple guy is Raz, and he is a keeper of secrets. Um, and then uh, there's another main character called Avigdor, who is kind of like the three's uh, elder. He's kind of like their trainer. He's really cool as well. I'll maybe show him on a future podcast. Mm. Um, but I really wanted to have a visual difference between what I, in my mind, see as New Testament angels versus Old Testament angels, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, again, this is just Brandon, right? Just reading scripture and looking at God's world. But God has so much variation yeah. in his creation. We look across creation, and if you look at, you know, say an insect compared to a leopard, right? Those two things look drastically different, right? Yeah. And so I think the same sort of variation is going to exist in the heavenly host. I yeah. see no reason why it wouldn't. And so you're going to see that variation amongst different types of angels and by relation, different types of fallen, which are corrupted forms of the angels uh, in, uh, in everything that I'm working on, because I'm really passionate about that. That's one of my big uh, design and story elements that I, I like to hit. Uh, and this actual story, as you might expect, is also in the same universe with Tenet's Tales. So this is also part of the Weird War. So, you know, some weird-looking guy with a weird beard may show up in uh, Heaven's Hammer sometime. Nice. You never know. That'd be interesting to see Tenet cross over with that. That really would. Um, but some of this yeah. art is just beautiful. Like I was just looking there at one of the ones I put up, and it's literally just the picture of the hammer. Yeah, oh, and yeah. even the design of the hammer, like I love that it. it's like it's big, like Mjolnir from Thor. Looks very much like that sort mm -hmm. of hammer. But I love that even the handle is like the cross shape, like yeah. the old school broadswords, because that's what you know, like knights used to kneel down and pray to that, because it looked like a, a cross. And uh -huh. absolutely, um, it's like absolutely. I love the fact that that's been incorporated into like the angel's hammer. Like it's such a cool design for it. And I love that little the HH with the cross in the middle mm. and the actual hammer, that little seal there. That is yeah. so sweet to me. That's all. That's all Ivan right there. I sent him some. I sent him the Halem, and he kind of redesigned the hammer. And I was like, oh, that's it from now. Uh, on. Yeah, <laughs> like I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna redo the logo and incorporate those elements in the logo because they're just so cool. Yeah, so. like massive shout out to Ivan and to Mercy Way Studios. Like, they're just they're, some of the work they're doing is phenomenal. His artwork is just it's it's next right. level. He's a phenomenal artist. He really is. And, and kind of a neat story. We found out that we were actually. I used to do a lot of work in the gaming industry, and uh, I was doing a lot of freelancing for Paizo at the same time he was doing art for Paizo. So oh wow! We didn't need, we didn't know each other then, but God brought us together later to, to do stuff for His glory. So, That's absolutely awesome. It's like it's. Very cool. Yeah, like it's just so amazing the amount of stuff that's going on with Brainy Pixel. You guys have got your hands in everything. Like there's so much stuff going <laughs> on, and 
and it's all phenomenal like hearing the background of all of it just gets me hyped for a lot of it even more so and it's it's crazy awesome. like like all this stuff is just great and like i'm excited to see it starting to gain momentum now and starting to kind of build up speed as stuff starts to come out um thank you but yeah thank you so much for coming on Brian. thank you for, for the next couple of months yeah thank you yeah. for coming on just to share all of this stuff and yeah, just to tell us about really all nice these different you. things and just to delve into this it's it's been amazing it's been awesome to just kind of go into all of this yeah my, my pleasure guys and i'm more than happy to come on anytime you want and uh lots of stuff going on you're going to see lots of stuff coming out in the next couple of months um february and march are going to be huge for us some really big announcements coming and uh lord willing uh we may um well i will i'll, I'll leave uh just lord willing we're going to do his will I'll yeah see. just leave it there leave it on a good cliffhanger for them and if you want to get more on brainy pixel and their stuff i'm going to start throwing some stuff into the chat and that is the website where you can go and check out brainypixel.com and check out all the stuff Brainy Pixel's doing. We we haven't covered everything here. We are at least not in great depth. Like there's so much. Like we're already well over two hours at this point, and we barely touched on some of that stuff. And um, also as well, right there, you'll find gumroad.com/brainypixel where you can pick up Tenant's Tale Troublemaker for yourself. Uh, if you're interested at all in that, go and check it out. Like I said, it's a small donation. You can do as low as a dollar if you want. If you're really unsure, you know definitely go check it out and see what you think if you want to donate more if you think this is something i want to get behind then go ahead and do a bigger donation for brandon and brainy pixel and get it out there um, and let's start to get some momentum behind tenants tail and yeah. also i'm going to put in brainy social go ahead and follow them on social media if i can spell <laughs> that's what happens when i talk and i, I have to go quiet to type it in because i always Dude, misspell I stuff I can't, I can't type and talk at the same time it's just so Brainy Pixel is on pretty much every social network that I could think of. Like the social networks that you sent me that you're on, like I've never even heard of some of them. Like Gab, what's Gab? What's Mind? I don't even know what these are. It's like, but yeah. Brainy Pixel is on there. If you're on some sort of social media, Brainy Pixel's there. Go and give them a follow. Go give them a like. Go give them a subscription. Yeah. Go and drop that in there. And of course, I wanted to throw this in because if you've been following them in social media, and social media even. And um, there's been so much momentum behind Cubekins, so I threw in all the links for the Cubekins stuff. If you're a parent, if you've got kids, and uh, younger kids who are wanting to check out some stuff, stuff with good morals, good teachings behind them, all this, then definitely go ahead and check out Cubekins. You can check it out for yourself on their YouTube, follow it on social media if you want, and um, to get a feel of it at first, and then of course you can go ahead and purchase it as well, or rent it, buy it, whatever, on Amazon, on Vimeo, and on Christian Cinema absolutely and more coming soon so feel free to hit me up on twitter i'm usually on twitter uh, a fair amount or facebook and uh and happy to chat with anybody if you got any questions and uh, just happy to, to bless whoever we can yeah definitely absolutely and if you want to keep the conversation going with us about brainy pixel or about anything else and um, any of the stuff we've got going on the show including our 12 hour stream that's coming up go ahead and hit us up on social media and discord give us a follow give us likes um, and if you want to watch this again if you missed any of the show and um, this week it'll be going up on our youtube channel as well so you can catch it there all right awesome i think we've hit everything um just what's coming up for us this week is um, tomorrow night I'll be back on stream at 10.30 Eastern Time with Monday Night Crossplay. Uh, we'll be continuing our journey through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, thank you for everyone that's been coming and hanging out with me as I've been doing that. Um, 
I hopefully this time won't die for about half an hour to an icy hill. Which, if you were here last Monday night, that's what kept happening. I went, kept going down an icy hill and kept misjudging the jump, and I was at it for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I'm playing as a Jedi, and the icy hill got me, like, really? But thank you so much to everyone who's been hanging out for that. Come ahead and check that out. And then, of course, next week, uh, we are back 2 o'clock Eastern uh, next Sunday, and... Nitro and myself are going to be doing a little kind of midway stop off for One Division. And One Division's been getting released on Disney Plus. Up to episode three is out at the moment. If you want to go check it out, four will be dropping on uh, Friday. So next Sunday we're going to be delving into the first half of that season, and it has been littered with references, with strange goings on, with Easter eggs, with future stuff for the mcu and we're going to be delving into all of that and our theories of what we expect to come from it so make sure you come and join us next week as we delve into that all right i'm going to have a look on twitch and see if we can find someone to raid let's see who is actually on and streaming right now sorry you enter entertain the people nitro um i don't know how to <laughs> sing or dance so uh <laughs> now now's a, now's a perfect time to learn go i was looking up <laughs> i was looking up ivan's uh stuff on on twitter because i remember that uh remember that david and goliath um illustration that you Chron- said chronicles across. of faith yeah a chronicles uh, of faith he's phenomenal yes he is he has so many different styles as well, and yeah, that's what I've I've, I've seen because he was a uh, he posted some some examples of like Marvel work that I don't know if mm-hmm. he's actually done or that he's like he was like trying to pitch it, but it looks just like the Marvel stuff yeah. now, like it looks fantastic. Yeah, and and such a heart for Christ. I mean, just I'm an awesome. amazing, amazing brother. Uh, the whole crew down there, wonderful people, just. Uh, we are really looking forward to what's coming uh, with That's Mercy awesome. Ways. I'll just I'll just leave that there. Cool. <laughs> All right. It's gonna be it's gonna be big. Good job, guys. Good job. Um, so we're also gonna go over and raid Geek Devotions, um, another Christian group who are on Twitch. They're streaming um, Star Wars Battlefront right now. So we're gonna go show them some love. Go give them some follows. Go drop them some subscriptions if you've got the cash or the extra for it, by all means and just give them some love for us. But we are going to head off. Thank you so much for coming and spending time with us during this interview today. Again, thank you to Brandon from Brainy Pixel coming and just hanging out with us today, talking to us about all the amazing stuff he's got going on. It's been an absolute yeah, pleasure having awesome, him here. Man. And Appreciate it. I think we'll definitely get you back on the show again at some point. That'd be great. Love it. Thank you guys so much. And, but everyone, you all have an amazing weekend. I will see you all again tomorrow night. Take care and Excelsior. Adios.